2020 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Makai Becton. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're supposed to football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition, the 50th edition of Blue It Splits, uh, live stream edition. Uh, at least I hope you're listening. Another little bit more te- technical difficulties, like Kyle said. Ho- you, uh, hopefully, this gets easier um, in the near future. But uh, Zoom and connecting to the call and studio and all that stuff it makes it uh, quite interesting at times. So, uh, Kyle, with all that being said, with the technical difficulties, minus that, what's up? Well, um, I'm certainly very happy with how the game ended yesterday, and I'm good as long as we keep losing. 12 down, four to go. Arguably, we got the toughest quarter of the schedule ahead of us. So hopefully we could just finish strong, man. I hope so. Um, I'll be doing a lot better if and when we do do that. Um, so yeah, man, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Uh, good. Uh, like I said, I'm in the last episode of uh, the, the actual film show. I'm closing on the house right now, so hopefully that all works out. But a lot going on including the jets but uh i was, I was making the the joke to the fiance who was watching the game with me yesterday i was like listen if the jets lose these next four games like this is the best month of my life like minus the whole house thing like it you know that it is what it is it's 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 really about the jets getting trevor lawrence like i couldn't care less about the house as compared to that so wow. uh obvious dude honestly if i had to choose something going wrong with that versus lawrence uh conversation i might not want to have with her but with you guys i, I think i'll probably choose lawrence <laughs> so, does she watch uh, does she ever watch I, I don't think so. I, I think she has uh, more th- other things to be concerned about. But the housekeeping, before we get into some of that other stuff, review from Mets 3737. I appreciate that. Uh, next live stream, Kyle, we will actually, now that I'm thinking about it, well, that no. gonna, that's going to be the fourth, right? And it's the, the day right after. It's the day it's after, the, day oh, after sure. the season. So well, hopefully we get a Christmas present, though, if the Jaguars start uh, winning some games. Well, looking at, looking at their schedule, the – the the game that I think they really could win is the Bears game. Is there any other game on the schedule that you're thinking that they might be able to win? Well, Tennessee's at home in Jacksonville, and they only lost to Tennessee by three earlier in the year. Yeah. So and it's a division game, and division games can always go either way. Teams know each other well. So I see it as a I see that as a more winnable game than in Baltimore. The last couple of weeks, too, have been like driving me crazy with the Jaguars because it always seems like they're in the game. Like I have their schedule up on my phone now. Uh, November the 8th, they lost 27 to 25. They lost to the Packers 24 to 20. They lost to the Browns 27 to 25. And then they just lost yesterday by three points in overtime. Like, how are they so close in so many of these games? So it's, it's, I'd rather them get blown out and lose. Then, then compete because the competing is getting me all excited, and then they yes. lose yes. to end the game, and it's driving me nuts. You know, like you said before, sixty-two yard field goal to end the game, and what was it, wide left or short? I, I, I maybe both. I but, maybe uh, both. But then, but then, even in overtime, the Vikings st- Vikings hit the ball to start up, but they have a terrible drive. Terrible drive mm-hmm. should set up good field position for the Jags, but then the Jags get a penalty on the punt return, starts them a bad field position, and then. Your former co-host boy, Napoleon Dynamite, throws a dumb interception to Harrison Smith, sets the Vikings up in good field position. Are you talking about Glennon? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn's Glennon. 
Yeah, uh, you know, so you, you know, can... I think, you know, I think Glenn likes Glennon because Glenn spells his name with two N's, and Glennon is the same way with two N's. So it must be something like Isn't that. Isn't that more I, typical than one? N? I, uh, well, I have, I have a couple <laughs> of Glens in my family that just have one N. You know, uh, I'm just saying. They're odd. Um, hello to Adam Gates in the chat and Doctor. I never had no know how to say his name. Cassassin, whatever it is, who had a birthday apparently yesterday. So happy birthday to him, Mike Dark um jerry everybody in the chat i appreciate everybody being in there uh get into some of those questions soon the call-in that is hopefully working today uh we'll see if it is if not it is what it is we'll just go with the chat um is 8187 or 573 uh dark assassin he's he's there you go dark assassin so happy birthday to him uh i believe that's the guy who's kicking my ass and uh tied with you right now for first in the in the pick oh we're tied we're, yeah you guys are tied really? now tied tied for first as 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 of Saturday, I don't know. Wait, what I'm tied today. with him, or I'm tied with you. You're tied with him. I'm tied okay. with Marcus in second slash third place. So, and how, how far are you behind us? Uh, like four or five games. So I got to catch up. There's a couple of weeks left. I don't know what we're gonna do during the playoffs, though. Cause I don't know if I have a game. I don't know if I'm gonna show every every uh every week during the playoffs. We'll figure it out. But uh, Jared. Matt, what's up, guys? Um, so let's get into some topics before we get into some film. We're going to do some call-ins. Hopefully, we're going to do some uh, questions in the YouTube. We're going to go over a little bit more film. I know I know the shows I do are generically just film. This show, I do want to bring up some more film than we have been. Not, not going to be a strictly film show, especially with two guys commenting on it. We could do it for an hour uh, on one play, really, if you really wanted to get into it. But um, I do want to bring up a little bit more film to show you guys a little bit more about what we talk about uh, when it comes to storylines and topics. Again, it won't be a strictly film show, and I still want to interact, but I do want to um, bring up some up some more things than I, than I typically do. But to get through some of the other topics, uh, Kyle, the most recent thing, the game yesterday, what, what were your thoughts on it? I said on I said on uh, I think it was on Twitter. I said, you know, basically F you Raiders. I'm going to have diarrhea for a week because that game was brutal brutally close like you said you know the jets were up what uh 24 13 they were down 11 we're down 24 13 yeah yeah down right. 11 points and you think it's done at that point and Derek carr becomes Derek carr they they keep trying to run the ball for whatever reason against the against the jets strength and then you know quickly the jets are in a situation where they're up 28 to 24 with what you know five six minutes left whatever was left in the game you have the raiders with 13 seconds left like right around the 50 yard line just miss uh nelson or, or car just misses nelson aguilar on a on a skinny post whatever it was i'll see the film i don't know how the jets let it get behind them but they did probably you know partially your guys uh, fault in marcus may um I don't, I don't really know and then uh the next play they get they get burned deep so what are your thoughts overall on the game and i guess we'll get into some of the greg williams stuff obviously so yeah, one thing that's interesting is, you know, most of his career, and, and especially early in the season, once Gase gets down, he just he just coaches like a little punk. He co coaches so scared, and he just kind of lays down and just takes the loss. And this is why he's gotten blown out so many times in his career. But in recent weeks, we've shown that even when he's gotten down, when you look at this game and the Chargers game, he still had some fight in him. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of that can actually be put on poor coaching by the other teams. You know, John Gruden, what are you trying to do running Devontae Booker this many times? You don't have Josh Jacobs. You know that, I mean, the, the Jets' strength is their D-line. And like you said, the Jets' weakness is obviously, I mean, look how many young guys they're starting in the secondary. Um, and obviously their linebackers can't cover for shit. So, you know, John Gruden definitely helped keep us in that game. And I mean... 
Gase has been a little bit better and that he hasn't been coaching like a little punk. Man, that 49ers game, man, he was so scared in that game, he, especially even after, you know, two of their good defensive linemen, uh, Solomon Thomas and, and Nick Bosa, one of the best in the league, went down. He's still coaching like a punk, throwing everything quick rhythm. Uh, but, yeah, that game, you want to talk about stress, man? Right after Ruggs caught that pass, I gave my – I was watching my dad – I gave him the biggest hug I might have ever given him in my entire <laughs> life. And that includes, you know, the day I got married, you know, that includes after any football game that we've won, you know, when I actually played, man, I was hyped after that. I did not see that coming. Um, but yeah, it, it sure felt good, bro. And there's been a lot of discussion today about it. I don't know how much you want to talk oh, ooh, about that specifically. Sorry. My computer just like I went to sleep. Um, you know, some of the conspiracy theorists, what was it, Emmanuel Acho saying, oh, they blew it. And then uh, one of the PFF guys, Renner, was like, oh, the Jets knew exactly what they're doing. Yeah, right. BS. They weren't doing it. As Sabo pointed out, you know, this is Greg's MO. This is what he does. And then some people were talking, well, if executed properly, it would have worked and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but still, man, I just I, I, I don't get the logic of it because. You know, even like, all right, let's say even they didn't complete the pass. When you put your defensive back in such mm -hmm. a conflict like that, when he's on an island, he's so much more likely to draw a pass interference penalty. Whereas if he knows he has safety help over the top, he doesn't, he doesn't have to be as aggressive with the receiver. So, it, I mean, do you really want to put the Raiders potentially on the one yard line by getting a pass interference like that? So I can't see how that was a beneficial call. I mean, there's so many angles. I don't know how much you want to go into that one play that we can talk about, but I saw so much back and forth, not just from Jets fans, but just so many national people just talking about the specifics of that play. So I don't know how much you want to go into that, but yeah. Yeah, and obviously I'll have the recap. Uh, today is Monday. I'm hoping to have it on Wednesday. We'll see maybe by Thursday, but um, just in – just in general, like you had some positive things, obviously Quentin Williams, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, the, the run blocking obviously showed up pretty good yeah. uh, yesterday. Darnold had a bad game. Uh, he had some couple guys. Beckton struggled more than he's ever struggled, which is fine. We expected a roller coaster ride through his rookie season. I think that's the first real dip of a game. I think some of his more down games when he got back from injury were games that were more average. This is his first like bad game, in, in my opinion. Obviously, when you have a two sacks that lead to fumbles, um, it's not a good game. And there are some, you know, obviously every sack is different that you give up. One could be based on quarterbacks, you know, pocket presence, holding the ball too long, things like that. And others could be, you know, him getting beat cleanly. So we'll look at the film and really see, um, what happened with some of those. Obviously one was on a stunt that he, that he failed to pick up. So that wasn't great, but, um, overall from the end of the game, a lot of people saying, yeah, they get, they get the call that, you know, Greg Williams has always been aggressive. He's not throwing the game. Obviously he's he, uh, plenty of situations. Steelers game last year, Marcus may broke up the, the ball to whatever receiver that was uh, late in the game. Uh, Greg Williams is a guy who historically might've been Deontay Johnson. Maybe was it, was it? Deont yeah. It, whoever it was again, late game situation, 
blitzing. Um, he's known to do that. So for all the conspiracy theorists, oh, he's you know tanking for the Jets. What what does he have the benefit from tanking? Obviously, he wants to you know one keep his job, which is not going to happen. But he wants to build up a resume for other teams in the future. So he's not just going to you know throw a game on purpose. That's obviously really bad for his resume, especially considering the game situation. But I I, I kind of understand where the people are coming from in, set, in terms of saying, oh well, I get the aggression from him because there's 13 seconds left. You know they could throw it and get out of bounds, and then they're closer for for another deep shot. But I like, you know, kind of limiting the uh, bad outcomes where if you play softer defense, would you rather have them complete a ball to the 20 yard line, which is a really, you know, obvious it's, it's a very um, low chance of happening, especially if you're guarding the sidelines. Okay. They get out of the 20 yard line. Then you have five seconds left. And what are the chances of them converting where they yards? were on the field? If they threw some type of outbreaking pattern, they're not getting to the 20 yard line. Cause there's no way you run an outbreaking pattern. That best, deep let's, down say, field. let's say best case scenario. Let's say they are playing in a soft defense. Let's say, let's say they get to the 25, just, just for argument's sake, they get to the 25 yard line. Okay. What are your chances of converting a, a goal to go situation from the 25 yard line with five seconds left. If you line up, you know, let's say seven jets along that, along the line to gain. Um, and you have three, four guys blitz, like the chances of that happening are so minuscule that I much rather take the chance of them getting to the 20, than putting a undrafted undrafted, Rookie free agent corner who who came coming out, his problem was he's not that athletic against probably the most athletic receiver we've had in the last couple of years in terms of pure speed. And I get that people saying, well, oh yeah, he he bit on the double move, which yeah, is his is his problem. And you want to be able to trust your guys, but you can't put him in that situation. So in a typical situation and he, where you're and, blitzing, and he needs he needs to be more aggressive in that when situation. They're yes. So, so so when you're you when they're blitzing, you kind of can't fault the defensive. I mean, you can to an extent, but you also gotta like kind of give him a game pass too. game like, situation. A game situation. You you obviously want you know him to play a little bit more safe, but in his mind, okay, it's a blitz. You don't want to give up the underneath stuff because they're gonna mm-hmm. get there quick. So it's a problem by the Jets blitz execution, and it's a problem yeah. a little bit by him, obviously not knowing the situation. But for Greg Williams being the coach, you have to know the situation undrafted, like I said, rookie fridge and corner who struggles athletically with a guy who ran a, a four, you know, three, one or a four, two, seven or a two, nine, wherever the hell it was. So absolutely terrible call by Greg Williams. I don't care about the defender saying, Oh, well, if you got out of bounds at the 25 yard line, you have a shot. And if they sacked them, it's, it's game over. But even again, the yeah. And by the way, and by the way, rugs, 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 MO wasn't just being a fast guy. Like he wasn't a guy who just ran a fast 40. Like, he didn't even have that many receptions in college. His thing was scoring touchdowns on long plays. Like, I don't remember what the stats were, but he had a ton of long, long touchdowns in his NFL career. So you had to have, I mean, when they took him 12th overall, first receiver in the draft, just from, you know, just knowing what their offensive landscape is, you have to assume that there's a good chance they're going to him on that play. If you're the Jets, you have to make that assumption. And I'm curious to see what happened to the play before too, because you know similar situation obviously with only you know a couple more seconds on the clock and obviously being second versus third down. But if Carr hits that throw, and like you said, when when he hit that throw to Rugs, I'm not gonna lie, I screamed like a little bitch. I, I did. But that play before, like I thought it was over there. Like that was their last chance. He just threw Aguilar. Any any under threw Aguilar in the end zone. What was that? The drive before where Aguilar had to come back to the ball and he it hit him in the hands, but he dropped it. He had to adjust to the ball. So yeah, it was I was like, it's down, over. Yeah. Like yeah, he he had a couple of shots and he, and he freaking blew it. 
Um, and I was, I was pissed, man. Cause at that point, like the Jaguars, I thought they were going to win or had a good shot. So now we just, you know, erase the one game buffer, but if the Jaguars win any one of these games, the Jets have a two game, a two game buffer would feel so goddamn good. Yeah. How much, how much different, like, would you feel right now? Like Jets having to win two out of their next four. I mean, you'd be like, of course, nothing's for sure, especially with this franchise. Yeah. But man, would I be, you'd be walking around a little bit different today. We're still a little bit worried if we're being honest. Oh, we're a uh, dude. I'm we're very a worried. Lot. Yes. Me too. Me too. I'm very worried. We've uh, the only times I discuss like after every game in my head, like I, there's literally times where I can't sleep because I think about the Jets schedule. Like, okay, well, the Seahawks, you know, they're good, but the struggle versus the Giants and the Browns, they, their point differential are good, but you know, the Rams and, yet, and Baker can up. always shit the bed, you know, exactly. So like, I'm so worried, but if they had two, two wins. Like I would be walking around my, my with my, with my chest puffed out, you know, cause the Jets are not going to win two out of the next four, but one game, dude, it's the NFL. Like it can happen. There's a reason there's only been yeah. two teams in, in NFL history who have gone, gone winless. So no, there've been Kansas more than said, that. The Buccaneers, okay, but it was 14 before, games before, season. before the, yeah. 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 So very worrisome. Um, and the Jaguars need to pull it off this week. They got, you know what, against the Titans at home. So hopefully they can pull Titans it off. They still have the bears who are absolute. Ass. And that's home. That's home too. One of those games. I think they're going to pull it off. Um, Cause I, I, you know, I'm really hoping the jets don't pull this off, but like I said, three out of the last four are on the road. Um, and why, why, why the hell are they not playing Minshew? Like I don't know. really, the Glennon over Minshew? Come on, Glenn was right all these years. <laughs> um, we got some comments in the thing. Uh, Matt said, uh, "Any Collins? Collins should be working. If not, then uh, we'll we'll figure it out next time. Hopefully, but probably not." Uh, what do you think about Quinn Williams being uh, upset about the the firing? He did like the the emojis to it, like he was like either mad or disgusted or or whatever. Yeah, it, I didn't even see his tweet until after I had sent something similar out, but I'd have to imagine he, he and I tweeted around the same time. My my thing was, listen, I, I would have never called that type of call that Greg Williams called there. And it's not even a hindsight 2020 thing. Like, I would not want to take that risk that right there. Like, I, I think most people recognize that that was extremely risky. Uh, but I said, like, I, I can't imagine that this is actually good for the team in terms of winning games and that it is good for the tank. Um, you know, listen, is Greg Williams a great defensive coordinator? Uh, no, but I think you can find a lot of defensive coordinators that are, that are worse than him throughout the league and who are you replacing him with? So I, I don't know. I think that just goes to show that players have some respect for him. Um, dude's been around the game for a long time. You know, a lot of the really good X's and O's guys like Matt Bowen and stuff, you know, we'll point to his old playbooks and stuff and said, you know, Williams used to do this, this, and that. There are some old coaching clinics where you can watch Greg Williams talk, you know, yeah. from decades ago. And the dude really kind of knows his shit. Yeah, sure. He's he in the aggressive? NFL. He's a defensive coordinator. So, yeah. And, and it's not, it's not like he's been one of these guys that was a coordinator and then got fired and then he became like a specialties coach, like a position yeah. coach. Yeah. No, he's been a coordinator consistently with many different jobs it just so happened, especially in, in recent years, he's been on so many bad teams, but the guy has got a hell of a resume. Um, so I could see why the players would be upset about him. And, and, and listen, one thing about Williams too, maybe it rubs some people the wrong way, especially in this generation. We live in a soft generation nowadays, but you watch like when, when uh, they were on hard knocks, the Browns, when Greg Williams was the Browns and him cursing at players and something like that for a tough, hard nosed player, some people like that shit. They like being motivated. They like people riding them. They like it makes them better. I mean, I listen, I love my my high school football coach. 
it, was he the best X's and O's guy in the world? No, but he was a hell of a guy. He treated us well. He treated us with respect and he was hard on us, but it made us better. I, you know, iron sharpens iron. I remember one time we were about to go against Irvington. They were one of the top teams in the state and we were doing like some inside blocking drills during practice. And he must have he must have like gotten the ear of the one uh, scout team player that was going against me, which was a big kid. We're talking like you know six three, two fifty, two sixty around that big kid, pretty athletic too. And he must have just told him like beat the shit out of him, meaning me every play. And thing is, is this guy's shooting the gap, and he knows exactly what type of block I have to do. And my coach kept making me do the block over and over again, and I was not executing it well, but it was hard because. The player knew exactly what type of a block we were running, what type of player we were running. And my coach is like, again, Kyle Smith, again, Kyle Smith, that's not going to get it done on Saturday. And like, you know, I, this, this stands out in my mind. I remember this, like, I will never yeah. forget this, but I tell you what though, when Saturday came around, I was extra fired up knowing against, I was going against some monsters in that game and that I needed to bring my fucking a game and Greg Williams I think he brings that type of fire to a defense, regardless of whether or not he's always making the right call or whatever. And I think a good player like Quinn and Williams, you know, kind of recognizes that I would think. Oh, we'll, we'll get into Quinn and Williams. Who you think is a bust. Uh, we'll, we'll talk I'm, about that. In a few never years. said that <laughs> only Je- only jets player on the roster right now that I have a Jersey for. Yeah. You know, some of us didn't buy a Sam Darnold Jersey because we weren't sold on him. Uh, me, I didn't buy a Sam Darnold. Actually, no, I did. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yes, you did. I did. I have a green one. I completely forgot. Um, just to get into the, just to get into the chat. Uh, we have, we have Demonic who's saying that I'm not a tech guy. I appreciate that. That's kind of obvious. Uh, we have Adam Gason here who said something to the effect of that. If we fire him, he won't be able to afford the, uh, subscription for Jets X Factor, which is hilarious. And he said he'd rather be engaged to Trevor Lawrence than Joe's fiance. Um, you haven't seen hey, but, 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 but listen, <laughs> I mean, listen, discredit him all you want or whatever, but didn't Manish have that one story about Adam Gase saying Adam Gase, even if he gets fired, he's rich as fuck. <laughs> so he doesn't uh, yeah, care. He probably, yeah. Well, I'm getting destroyed and pick him. Yeah, that's true. I'm not getting destroyed. I'm in second. I'm in second place, but we'll, we'll, we'll see in the future. Um, let's see. Is there anything else on here? There's a, there's a, there's a ton, there's a ton on here, but, um, regardless, let's get into some of the other topics while I, while I kind of just try to read this and sort it out. Um, somebody asked, um, well, somebody said may broke. And then somebody said, Quinn Williams is a new, uh, is he a future all pro, um, may broke. I, so I, we're going to talk about him in the, in, you know, later in the podcast, I'm going to bring up some film of him. I, I think he's a decent safety. There are some people who think he's solid to above average. I think he's okay. I, I think he has some more bust than people think he does. Um, I think he's, re- I don't think he's referring to May's play. I think, I think the person there is referring to may breaking in terms of his spirit because uh, how he acted in the post-game presser. Oh, I didn't even see him. Well, I, I saw him too. Like he was I saw the comments, away. but I didn't see the... He was look- like, first of all, he had a mask on so he can kind of hide his mouth, but he was like looking away and he said like uh, supposedly on four, I think it was like four different occasions. Like it was the right, it was not the right call. You know, we're trying to execute, but you also need to help us out. So I think the person there, whoever made that comment was saying may broke in terms of like yeah. mentally, spiritually, we'll talk about him in the future anyway. Um, let's. Somebody said, "Oh yeah, what?" By the way, have you seen that too? Somebody just brought that up. Have you seen that Manish hasn't commented on anything Jets in the last couple of days? Is he like completely shut off from commenting I've, on the Jets? Is he? Done? I have no. I have noticed that. I mean, listen, 
listen, I, I don't know all the details. Listen, there are some people that follow the beat guys like really closely that know all the drama about the beat guys. I'm not into that type of stuff. I don't know them all that well. I don't follow all of them. I follow some of them, uh, but I do follow him and I have not seen him tweet anything. Why do you recently. follow him? I, that's, that's the real question. Don't you follow him? No, I don't follow him a niche. Oh, okay, well, dude, anybody who texts texts a guy who's saying I know what ice cream your kid's eating, like that's just weird, bro. Like, if, if we if we had if I had a guy who texts me that, it's even if you were my friend, like Kyle, if you text me that when I have a kid in the future, I'd be like, okay, like maybe I shouldn't let him hang out with Kyle or be near, near Kyle alone. Like that's kind of pedophile-y. So um, yeah, that's, that's odd. Super, that's odd. That's and super apparently, weird. like he he like he like boxed in like Chris Johnson or whatever in like an elevator or Woody Johnson. I did like, hear about that. Yeah, like, yeah, he just just get out of here. So I'll, and I'm not a big fan. Let's just let's just say that. But well, I'm not either. But not everyone I follow that I'm a fan of. You know, like how people put in their Twitter bio sometimes retweets don't equal endorsements. Well, just because I follow one person doesn't mean that I necessarily like them. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, moving on from that, uh, are you talking about the Johnsons? Are you worried about the whole firing thing? I've heard a lot of people bring it up, um, on Twitter, like does, or do the jets wait to fire Gase when Woody Johnson comes back? Like, is he going to take over? They're going to miss out on candidates. So do you think that there's a possibility that they, they wait until after January or yeah, what January 4th? Cause that's, that's black Monday. So I'm obviously hoping that that is the, uh, the case. I think, I think he comes back, I think like the end of January and February sometime. Well, right? Trump's presidential term is over like January 20, something like that. So I know I he comes back late January, or early February. So are you, are, is there any concern that he might, you know, wait until, cause at, listen, at that point, then you lose out on all the good guys and the jets are, are left picking, you know, from the Adam Gase. And uh, it's a little bit concerning, know. but you also got to consider this though. Like um, for example, when my, Miami got a good coach so, seemingly in Flores and they couldn't hire him until officially until after the Super Bowl that one year and the Super Bowl is obviously in, in February. So yeah, you still want to limit yourself though. You general. can, you could still, you know, conduct interviews without something make being, you know, totally formal, hundred percent signed off on. I hadn't really thought about that specifically, you know, with the whole Woody coming back thing, if they want to wait until you just brought it up, but I'd still not that concerned, but if I, I guess I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Somebody said, uh, is there going to be film today? Yes. There's going to be some film today. I'm definitely going to bring up some film today. Um, now, by the way, did you see the Adam? We haven't talked since that. Have you seen the Adam Gase interview, uh, that, that he gave after the last game where he's like, Oh, well, I call plays in a two minute, the two minute drill, but then sometimes not then. And then yeah, maybe the yeah, quarter, yeah, then yeah, really yeah. in the first four minutes of the first quarter, but really only on third down, but second down when we run, like he was making <laughs> no sense. So, Dude, um, is, is, what is, a bad is, lie. Some people think it's a, it's a, there, there's a concern that he's not going to be fired. Listen, the Johnsons hear what Jets fans think. They do. They're definitely more in tune than some other owners. He is going to get fired. There's absolutely yes. no way he's not getting fired. So don't be concerned about that. He is getting fired. Um, mm -hmm. Now, two names we've heard about it as in terms of two potential coaching candidates, um, Pat Fitzgerald uh, and then Bill Coward. There's been some rumors about that today. I don't know if you've heard anything about Bill Coward. I have. I've seen that, yeah. What, do you, what, what would you think about either one of those guys? All right, so let me just talk about Cower first, and I really don't know much about Fitzgerald. Uh, so here's the deal with Cower. I'm pretty sure he retired after he won the Super Bowl in 05, if I can remember correctly. Now, 15 years ago is an eternity. I mean, I know Gruden was yeah. out for like 10. Gruden was out for like 10-ish years, mm -hmm. but there's a big difference between 10 and 15. 
And yeah, five years. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> when, when Cower, when he left that year, that was either the first year that they had uh, banned mugging receivers five yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Or it hadn't even happened yet. I can't remember if that was, if that started like 05 or 06. So just think about that and 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 how the passing game has improved immensely since that point. So Cower would basically be playing in an entire different era just from that standpoint. Now, I, it seems like Cower is one of those guys who really can unite a team. You know bring a good staff together, even though he's been out of it, the game so long, do the things that you'd want from a head coach, but purely from a schematic standpoint, I have serious questions and let's compare him to Gruden because I saw people floating around the Gruden comparison. Gruden, even though he has not been coaching, he's still been doing the, uh, not the play by play, but the color commentating for Monday night football. And He's watching a lot of tape each and every week from every team around the league to evaluate and see what different trends they're doing and stuff. And then he's interviewing quarterbacks in the off season and stuff like, so yeah, it's still kind of a cushy job that Gruden was doing, but he's more into the nuances of the game. Whereas Cower, look at the job he's had, you know, he's just speaking in platitudes and stuff on national TV about random games and stuff. So I don't know that he's actually been following the game as closely as Gruden has. So I have, while that's a nice name. And if that name came up 10 years ago, okay, now we're talking, but 15 years in this game is an eternity. So I, I don't know. I have serious questions about that. Yeah. We're having some people in, in uh, the, the chat kind of ask us what our, what our preferences are. And Justin, with Cower, I like the name and I like the respectability he would bring to to the Jets organization. But you've seen just with like Adam Gase, like ten years ago, you know, five years ago, his scheme was pretty successful with Peyton Manning. Obviously, having Peyton Manning is a big part of that, but he doesn't do the motions and the pre-snap stuff that everybody doing like the McVeighs and the Shanahan's out there. So he fell behind a little bit. So I'm worried about that. So I think he's a good leader. And I think he'd be, bring respectability, but my concern, and I, and I see the caller, I'm going to bring you on in a couple of minutes, uh, Bernard. Um, but my concern is, okay, he brings that respectability. What if he hires a good offensive coordinator, he flourishes with Lawrence, and then he gets hired and poached from the Jets in two years. Now Lawrence is learning a different system or fields are, it's going to be Lawrence or field, let's be honest. M- maybe Wilson makes it to number two. Um, we don't really know yet, but it's going to be a quarterback. So let's just say the new quarterback. Um, is going to have to learn, you know, multiple systems in, in a couple of years, which I really don't like. So Bill Cowher is a nice name. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it as much as I would hate a guy like Jim Harbaugh or somebody like that, but it's not my first uh, choice. Now, in terms of some of the coaches I like, um, I'm not all about the, the hot new coordinator type deal because I think that's failed a lot. And, you know, just in the Jets, you know, recent history, I know it hasn't been offensive guys, but they brought in the hot, the hot coordinator and Rex Ryan. They brought in the hot coordinator uh, with Todd Bowles. Obviously, Todd Bowles, since being fired, has went back to the Buccaneers and has, has, and has had success. But there's a big difference between being a coordinator and managing just the offense or just the defense, between being a head coach, making decisions, being in on meetings um, in terms of the roster, managing the entire team, speaking to the media all the time, um, having respectability. There's so much more that goes into it than just being a coordinator. So, you know, the enemies and the, and the Brady's all sound nice, but I'm 
I'm not sure if they could lead a team um, and lead a culture, which is completely different, like I said, than just leading an offense or a defense. So uh, I want the guys, you know, maybe like the Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern who declined multiple offers in 2019, declined the Packers in 2019. So could the Jets even get him? You know, the Matt Campbells, the Matt Rules of a few years ago. I want those guys over these coordinators everybody likes to bring up, the the, the Arthur Smiths, the – um, like I said, the Joe Brady's, you know, the B enemies, I, you know, those guys sound nice and they're riskier than the guys who have built programs. You've seen in the past Munkins, another guy who's turned some programs around um, in, in college. So those are the, the names I'm leaning more towards, which is why Cowers is a little bit more interesting to me. Um, but again, he's a little bit too far in the past uh, in terms of like his schemes and things like that. Maybe he has adjusted and maybe he'll show the Jets that and maybe they'll be impressed or hopefully Joe Douglas, which again, I'm hoping that the Johnson's at this point, I'm almost hoping for 0-16 so the Johnsons look at themselves and say, shit, what we've been doing the last 10 years has not been working. Let's let the guy we, we, we begged to hire to take the job, let him do his job and hire the, 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 you know, the coach. That's what I'm hoping happens. Yes. So, um, Especially because you want them to have a good re- working relationship. Yeah. Thoughts on that stuff and we'll get to the caller. Yeah. Uh, so while you were talking, you reminded me of something that real I found. David fat, Shaw's another name I saw in there. I found fascinating. And first of all, we're totally on the same page in terms of hiring someone who's proven that they can be a head coach. Uh, and I really like the idea of going in the college ranks. Oh, but I don't, I don't, and I don't want a failed head coach. I don't want one of these guys that, you know, a failed head coach, you know, like even like McDaniels, we talked about that. I think it was two months ago. Yeah. I'd stay away from that. But when you're talking about a head coach, it's not all right. So like, obviously Adam Gase knows offense. Obviously he's had a successful offense, but there's so much other shit that goes into being a head coach. And one of the things that I found fascinating, I did not know. And I don't, I think probably very few people knew outside of being in that organization was so Dean Pease, who was a longtime defensive coordinator throughout the NFL, most recently with the Titans a couple of years ago. And you know, they had a good defense last year because they made it to the AFC championship game. Uh, he was with the Ravens. Uh, he's got a couple Super Bowls. He was with the Patriots at a point. And he was talking about his tenure. He was on the Make Defense Great Again podcast recently. We're talking like a month, month and a half ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the the guy who hosts the, the podcast was like asking him questions and they were talking about Belichick. And he's like, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Belichick, he almost spent no time. Belichick's a defensive guy. He almost spent no time with the defense. He spent 90% of his time with Tom Brady. And all that time he spent with Tom Brady, he was teaching Brady, this is what the defense, this is what their defense is going to do to you. This -hmm. is what they're going to do to you. So look out for this. So like, you know, Belichick, I mean, I guess he must have, because he, he, you know, especially with the rules and things like that, while you can't meet with your players that often, I guess you can meet with your coaching staffs earlier. Belichick can kind of disseminate information and stuff to his coordinators and his other defensive guys. But then once he's allowed to work with the players in the time that he has allotted for that, that that's when he's, you know, spending time with Brady. Uh, So I just thought that that was fascinating. I didn't know that until very recently, but there's a lot of things. What I'm trying to say is there's a lot of things that go into being a head coach than just knowing one side of the ball and calling plays and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah, some people are saying Harbaugh is trash. Uh, I I agree, and I would take Cower over Harbaugh, but I just 
I, I don't really necessarily want either, but again, I, I want the Pat's Fitzgeralds, the, the Matt Campbell's out there. I see in a live stream too, that we actually are, we're able to fix it where they can see both of us as, as either one of us is talking, which is a positive new little, new little spin that we, that we figured out. Um, quickly before we get to the caller too, just like two seconds, just cause I want to wrap up the coaching stuff. Obviously Greg Williams is fired. Um, does that affect the jets in any way? Does that give them a bump um, in terms of them being motivated? Does it hurt in terms of scheme? Obviously, they hired Frank Bush. Uh, Frank Bush was a coordinator back in the day. I, I think his last stand was with the Texans. 2010. The Texans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we beat them on the, we beat the them on that drive. Yeah. The San Antonio Holmes and Braylon Edwards big catches late in the game. What are your thoughts when, on that quickly before we get to the caller? I, I think, I think it's going to be good for the pro tank. I don't see how firing okay. Greg Williams this late in the season is going to help. And then you're going to promote a guy who hasn't been a defensive coordinator in 10 years. Yeah. And he's going to go and take this, let's be honest, really lackluster, talented defensive roster, and he's going to make it into something good. And he's going to slow down the Rams and the Seahawks and the, and the Browns. And by the way, the Browns, that running game, we're talking December football. With that running game, that's my one concern with the Browns a little bit, like playing them, is just like Baker's kind of – I don't like Baker so much as, as much as some other people are. Yeah, and sure. And the fact that – the Jets' strength, their, their one strength on defense is their is their run defense. But kind of, it's not it's not a huge strength. It's but it's it's above average, and their obviously strength is their uh, is their is their running backs and their offensive line run blocking. So I'm a little bit concerned. Um, somebody asked, uh, how do we call in the numbers eight one eight five seven three five four two seven? Again, calls are gonna be relatively short because we have, I do want to get into a decent amount of film today. Um, again, we'll talk topics. We'll take some questions uh, from the. Um, chat while we're speaking about the film, but I do definitely want to get into some film um, that I don't think people really uh, watch all the time. It's not going to be a strictly film show, but get into it a little bit. Uh, let's bring on Bernard. Hopefully this works. Um, Bernard from North Carolina. Let's see. Oh, I said Is Carolina. Is from North yeah. Carolina? I don't know if I... Yeah, I think he is, actually. Yeah, uh, how you doing, Joe and Kyle? How you doing? How What's you up, doing, man? Bernard? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, I wanted to get into some things regarding the uh, Jets. Okay. And, uh, who could be the future coach? I know you you probably heard, like I have recently, the rumor of Bill Cowher possibly coming out of retirement. I don't know how true it is. Or, well, you know how it is, how the, how the media does. Sometimes they spread gossip and rumor. What are, you thought, what are your thoughts on Cowher? And do you think he would be a suitable coach for us? Yeah, Kyle, want to go ahead on that? I, I spoke on it a, a good amount before. Yeah, we both actually touched yeah. on it. Bernard, this, this is what I said, more or less, is when I saw that, part of me was intrigued because you're going to hire a guy who's got a 62-something win percentage, which is a very good win percentage for coaching that long in the NFL. Intriguing. Guy who won a Super Bowl, intriguing. Guy who won many playoff games, including beating the Jets. Thank you, Doug Bryan. All that's yeah. intriguing. But right. he, he's been out of the game for 15 years, and the game has changed so much since then. And the one point I made is, like, just think about how much the passing game has evolved in 15 years. It, it's evolved tremendously, and mostly it's because there's so many – the rules are designed to help the offense, to help the receivers. You know, Bill Cowers last year might have been the first year, and I'm, I'm not, I'd have to research this just to be 100% sure, or it had even – the rule hadn't even occurred yet where you couldn't – you can no longer bump receivers after they're five yards downfield. Once that rule implemented, you saw the passing stats go through the roof. So Bill Cower has basically never coached in that era. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's a defensive guy. So, you know, 
and like you know, like I was saying, some people made the hey, comparison. To... Go ahead. Uh, could I say this? Yeah, yeah sure. The, the formula I'm envisioning now. Watch this. This is magnificent. Bring in Bill Cowell, draft Trevor Lawrence, and hold Joe Douglas in place as GM. If we do those three things, we would have a combination that would be very, very formidable. If you give Bill Cowell, Trevor Lawrence, wow. I think we would have the capability, I think, within two years to beat anybody. Looking at the draft picks we have, looking at the salary cap flexibility that, that we have, and I can envision Cowell and Douglas putting their heads together on the drafts, and I see what Douglas is trying to do. He's trying to build yeah. a team that's freaky, very physical. That's why he took Beckton. You know, we were kind of, you know, if you're on Beckton, not say we didn't like him, but we knew he, you know, he needed a little bit of work, at least the rumor was, and he was right. And then he got Denzel Mims, who's like a spider, tall, lanky, kind of freaky, plexical, Burris-like. His formula is right. He just needs the right head coach to work with him and get his quarterback. It would be magnificent. I think within two years, we can compete for everything. Remember that I told you that. Within two years, I think when we break camp 2022, it's on. We're going to be competing for everything, believe it or not. I mean, it may, we may look a little shaky now. You know, yes, we do need work. But I think if we get Bill Cowher, grab Trevor Lawrence, keep Joe Douglas, we will have the formula. I've been a Jet fan for 40 years. Wow. I, I remember Joe Walton. Walt Michaels, Bruce Costley, you know what I'm saying? Al Grove and Parcells just before Hess died. He, he told Bill Parcells to come and take over. I've been a Jet fan 40 years. I'm from New York, from Brooklyn. That's my team. That's my heart. It's the Yankees for me and the Jets. So I've been <laughs> like a scale on two parallel ends. I've tasted the champagne, magnificent. I've experienced the championship, and then I've experienced the pain and sorrow of being a Jets fan. We can do this. If we get Cowher, you kidding me, and draft Trevor Lawrence, and then turn around and keep Joe Douglas in play. That's the key. And then let Cowher put his coaching staff together. And if under him, we can have a line of succession, like they had in Pittsburgh, passing on the torch from Cowher to Mike Tomlin. That's what we need. We need 10 to 15 years of stability. We have never had this. It's always been a year on, a year off, two years on, a year, two, three, four years off. You know what I'm saying? Between Rex Ryan and and, and, and and Todd Bowles, who I think is a good guy, but he wasn't ready, never would be ready to be a head coach. And then Adam Gates. And then going from uh, Joe Walton, who was, I'd say, a decent coach, to a uh, rich co-type. You know what I'm saying? We need that line of succession. Hopefully we can get a Bill Coward, and he put his staff together and get someone young that's under him. Whether, I don't care who it is, whether it's an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator or a special teams coach that can be the next man up that let's say he signed him to a six-year deal now of course at his age he might not coach with no six years he might just go three to four years that's good because i think we'll be within range of less time than that to go and win the super bowl again if he's ready to step down within three maybe four year optional you know because his age and stuff cool maybe he'll put together a coaching staff we will have that line of succession that when he's ready to step down we'll still be fine you know what i'm saying what do you think yeah, but all right. One, I love the fire that you have. That's that's for sure. I, I definitely like your passion about the Jets, and I, I appreciate you still sticking around for for forty years of being a Jets fan. I know it's been yeah. a little bit difficult <laughs> to the last forty years. <laughs> um, but in terms of, in uh, terms no, of power, it's rough. 
in, in terms of Cower, so I like the idea of him as a leader. My my concerns come with so if you know, obviously I like him over some other guys, you know the 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 horribles out there because I don't think he's a true leader. And I want a leader first and foremost. Some guys in the chat are saying, yeah, it's all about a leader, um, which I completely agree with. My con- my only concerns with or my major concerns with him is one. Who does he know to to be the offensive coordinator? Is, yeah. is, is that offensive coordinator, you know, in tune with what's happening now? And same with the defensive coordinator. If you have to know, you have to be able to know how to defend today's game. And then my other concern with him yeah. is, okay, let's say we do hire him, and like like you said, with the Jets competing, I I think it can happen quicker than some other people do as well. You know, you have you have some pieces on the offensive line. You have some solid yeah. receivers. I think you have you know a good defensive front. You, you know, you build you build corners, you build some more offensive line and you add another receiver or two. And I think they can compete. Look at what the, what the dolphins are doing this year. I think the jets can make that leap yeah. to competing for a wild card spot. And in just a year, considering the free agency, uh, the free agent money they have, if Lawrence is as good as we hope he could be, um, I don't think yeah. they're gonna make a strong push next year, but in 2022, I, I, I could see them making a, a, you know, run into the playoffs. So I agree with you there, but the concern with that is, okay, the jets are successful. You know, their offense is humming. Now, what if, you know, the offensive coordinator who had power high, now gets a, a you know a head coach uh, opportunity yeah. just like Joe Brady's being talked about right now. So what what would you say to that if you know if you knew that kind of knowing the future that the offensive coordinator gets hired and then Trevor Lawrence is sitting there luring a you know another offense in his in his third year? You're kind of breaking up, but uh, I can barely hear you on my end. But I will say this: if we could get a Bill Cowher, if we can draft a tra- Trevor Lawrence and keep Joe Douglas and allow him to complete his project because of what he's doing. I like his work. The Jamal Adams trade was a stroke of genius. He got us those extra first round picks, which can be parlayed into additional picks. And I think there can be a formula put together that would be just enough, maybe 60-40, maybe 60% run, 40% pass, or 30-something percent pass, enough, enough of a balance that can work. Seattle's formula was right. Seattle was a mirror image of us, but the difference was they had Russell Wilson. He could break you down with those off-script plays, the scrambles, make the timely throws where Mark Sanchez just couldn't quite put it together. That's the only difference between us and Seattle. Rex Ryan was right. We almost did it. The Seattle Seahawks should have beaten the Patriots. If they had not thrown the ball, if they just gave it to Marshall and Lynch, they would have beaten them. The old-school formula does work. Now, I'm not going to say it doesn't need to be modified. Yes, it's not the 1980s, my 1980s anymore. When you had them corners like Lester Hayes and all that and the physical approach, the league has cut that out. You know, I recognize that. But if we can get enough of a balance between run and pass where Trevor Lawrence can keep his rhythm and develop and progress the way we would want, but at the same time, you know, get that physicality that a Bill Cowan likes, oh, man, it would be sweet. Yeah, and and Bernard, we have another caller, and we have some film to jump into. I definitely appreciate. This is the first time yeah. I think I'm talking to you. I definitely appreciate you joining. Uh, appreciate your fire. Appreciate your fandom. So hopefully, we could talk to you again uh, next next uh, first month or Monday of the month. Thank you too, and you take care now. Yeah, Bernard, love the fire, man. Call call again. Yeah, same here. It's a pleasure. All right, dropped him. I think. you know almost as much as just for my own enjoyment. I I would like the Jets to win a Super Bowl. For the guys who have suffered for as long as yeah. he has, I want them. And 
you know, it's the first time both of us talking to him. He seems like a good guy. So there's a there's a lot of people in the in the chat agreeing with him too. And like I said, I like the idea of Coward. I just want to. Well, I would not hate it at all. I just I be a little see, concerned. I want to see into the future who or what is his coaching staff and can he hang on to him? Like, is he going to have a guy, you know, uh, like Bill Belichick has with his offensive coordinator and you know. Uh, in uh, New England, who's going to stick with him for years and years and years, like McDaniel's, uh, McDaniel's, even though he's had some opportunities. So, one one thing about Cower is his name gets brought up almost every year with coaching th- things. So that makes you think that he kind of still is talking to a lot of coaches and stuff around the league frequently. Somebody, somebody said I'm a stud in here. I got, I got a compliment, Kyle. You, you didn't. It must, it must be the the really bad uh, player I have compared to yours. <laughs> a stud in terms of good looks? Or? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe all around. I'm just a good guy. That's that is what it I is. I mean, because so we, we, are saying, uh, we could have a poll in terms of you know who's better looking. I, think I don't I think come out on top. I don't think that's what we're tra- honestly. Maybe, but I think the fans are going to be a little bit more biased because this is this is my channel and, and not yours, Kyle. So, you're well, that is a good point. Bad. That you, is a good point. You would lose pretty bad if it was like the AFC East bros, whatever listeners that you'd have. Maybe, maybe not. Um, somebody said Long Island jersey is better than Jersey. I don't, I don't agree with that, but it's it is. okay. Let's see. Next caller, I think they're going to be trolling, but if they are, who cares? We could curse on here and they'll they'll drop and sound like an idiot, but I'm hoping not. Um, uh, my name is Jared. Uh, and I am calling to talk about the possibility of the Jets making the playoffs. I don't know if he's talking about this year, uh, but Jared, what is up, man? Hey, John, Kyle, how you guys doing? He doesn't sound like a troll, Kyle. What's up, Jared? Can you hear me? <laughs> how you doing, man? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, honestly. I just finished. Uh, I just finished my last final exam, and I now have my big graduation degree. I'm pretty, pretty excited right now. Good for you. What class? <clears throat> I was in a business continuity and crisis management class. So I can't believe it's all over. Um, but anyways, I'll get to uh, I'll get to my question now. Uh, but really quick, I did just want to say uh, my uh, my mom never let me play football when I was younger, and so I've never played. And so uh, your show has helped me uh, help me understand football a little bit, where I never had before. So I thank you for that. Oh, cool, man. I, I yeah, that's that's why I do it. So I, I appreciate it. If you ever need help with anything, definitely. Uh, I send I send out the email every every week. If you have Twitter, uh, shoot me a message and whatever you need help with, I'll definitely be more than willing. Did your mom not let you play because okay. of concussion scares? Yeah, yeah, injuries, injuries. But she let me play hockey, so that makes a lot of sense. Huh. <laughs> yeah, jeez. All right, yeah. sorry. Go ahead with go no, ahead. With anyways, I'll, I'll get to my I'll get to my question now. So so it's not a troll call. I promise. Um, <laughs> I tend to be a little bit more of an optimistic Jets fan, which is, uh, has sucked my soul out over the years. Um, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen this time. Um, but I actually do believe that the Jets have a legitimate shot to make, to make the playoffs next year. I know it's still, it's still a long shot, but I, I think there's a chance. And, and here's why. For, for one, you bring in a new head coach. Um, you know, any, any decent head coach over Adam Gates, that's a massive upgrade. That's a few wins that you're going to get. That's one. <clears throat> Um, drafting a guy like like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, that's you know over what Sam Donald has been playing like huge upgrade there. Run, running back position will bring in will bring in some veteran that's that's an upgrade over Frank Gore. I think that uh, that Joe Douglas will will, con- will continue to to work on the offensive line. I think when you look at our tackle positions with uh, with Banton Beckton, we're we're above average there. I would expect. Connor McGovern to have a have a bounce back year, and um, I would assume that we'd be above average there as well. And then um, I would think that that Joe Douglas will bring in a guard or draft one or something like that. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, 
I think interior D line with what we have already, we will be yeah. you know top five, top ten range in NFL in that area. Uh, obviously, I think we probably bring in two two addresses at least uh, either in the draft and free agency. Um, <clears throat> then when it comes to, to the linebacking core, I think a lot of people are kind of just forgetting that CJ Mosley exists. Um, I know that it's kind of a kind of a risk at this point that he's been off for two years. Uh, that'll come back the same player. Um, but you know, if he does, that's that's an X factor linebacker right there. Um, Put it this way, he'll definitely be think, an upgrade uh, over what we currently got. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, standing off the side of him, you know, I I wouldn't like if if Hewitt was back. I, I definitely prefer him as a backup. But I think if you have a Neville Hewitt, CJ Mosley inside linebacker duo, I think that's okay. Um, when it comes to safety, I want us to bring back Marcus May. Uh, earlier in the year, I wasn't a proponent of that just because of age, but with how he's played and how much heart he's put in uh, on such a bad team, I think uh, I think he deserves to come back for sure. Um, and then have Ashton Davis starting uh, starting opposite of him. I think that's not a great safety duo, but I think he can get by. Um, and then at the cornerback position, uh, I personally feel like we need to bring in two. I know just a number one would be nice, but personally going into the year, uh, I prefer to have Bryce Hall and, and uh, Wes Austin more ballot out for – for, for a number number three spot, obviously maybe you have Brian Poole come back. Um, but you know, considering injuries and stuff, I just couldn't imagine having a outside starting corner duo with Hall and Hall and Bless Austin at some point in the year. So I'd like to be yeah. got into. Um, but so so considering all that, you know, I just see obviously people say this this every year that you know I see I see upgrades in almost every every spot on the roster. Um, but but really the big thing is is new coach and Trevor Lawrence. And I really think it's possible. So, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I said it with the, with Bernard last caller. I think that the Jets could, you know, is it would I put put, uh, put it as a lower than fifty percent shot uh, shot they make the playoffs next year? Probably. Um, if they get all that stuff, do I think it's possible? Yes, I do. You know, just considering this year, <clears throat> if the Jets had, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> He's making me clear my throat now. I heard him do it now for some reason. My my throat's getting clogged up. Um, <laughs> now with 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 Flores last year, the Dolphins they were one of the worst rosters in the league and all this stuff. If we had Flores this year with the Jets, let's say right now they 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 probably have three wins. I would think maybe even four. I, I think they beat the Broncos. I think they beat the Pats, and they definitely beat the Raiders last week, in my opinion. So I don't think it's as bad as, as of a team. Mm-hmm as some other really bad teams in, in past history. I know some people say, like, you have people in the chat saying the offensive line stinks, everybody get back, and that's not that's not true. Fant is about average. McGovern, true, yeah. McGovern has been better the last couple of weeks. I think he'll round out to being about average, if not above that. You know, and then you replace the guard. Yeah, he's not bad. Know, he is not a bad he's, player. He's not, he's not a bad player. So you have that. You have Perryman when he's healthy. You have Mims. You have Crowder. Like, you know, you have some players. So if you start addressing it, it's all depending on if Joe Douglas hits on these guys. Um, but you start adding some talent, uh, especially mm-hmm. with all the draft picks. I, th- I think they can compete, especially when you consider the Jets have $95 million in cap space. And um, this is the off. This is probably the best offseason since I've been watching football to have cap space because teams are not going to be able to sign guys. So the, 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 the pool of who can sign a player is going to be really limited. So the Jets are not going to have as many competitor you know, competitors for certain players that they want to sign. I know people will say, oh, well, Joe Douglas's uh, free agency was absolutely trash. What guy did he sign to a massive contract that really hasn't worked out? Like people say, oh, just 
Seer. Okay, he signed to Seer for $5 million to be a stopgap stop player. It's not like he gave him you know, a five-year, $50 million contract, and he didn't work out, and they cut him. So I think he, he knew, obviously, the Jets weren't going to be overly competitive. He, he tried to get some stopgap guys, and next year they'll, they'll try to sign – you know, the Toonies and the Sheriffs and whatever corner outside linebackers out there, the Judons, whatever, you know, whatever their, their preference is. Um, my personal mm-hmm. philosophy is usually, you know, kind of um, address what you don't think is strong in the draft. So let's say you think, you know, outside line, well, outside linebackers always going to be, uh, you know, higher picks because it's the premium position. But let's say you think, you know, whatever, uh, tight end is not going to be strong when you're picking, you know, you know, sign a guy in John Smith or who, whoever it may be. So um, I think the Jets could compete next year. And am I going to bank on it? No, but is it, is it unrealistic? I, I think absolutely not, especially um, when you consider some of the stuff they have, they have on this team and, and how quickly the Dolphins did it last year. It's the best example, but a, a good coach, a good quarterback, uh, I think does a lot. So what, what do you think on that, Kyle? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't catch your name. Can you say your name one more time, please? Uh, Jared. Jared, Jared, I knew it was with a J. All right. Yep. So yeah, I yep. with the NFL. All right. So listen, with the NFL, I mean, we got a whole nother playoff team on in both conferences now. All right. So that's one reason to be optimistic mm-hmm. about the Jets making the playoff next year. But the same, but the NFL, you can change it around so quickly. And just look at the 49ers, right? 49ers had the second pick in the draft yep. two years ago. Last year, they're not only were they in the Super Bowl, they came close to winning it. Now, when you look at how the bigger turnaround the Jets, when you when you factor in roster versus the 49ers, the Jets are going to have a bigger roster turnaround. They're going to have a completely new quarterback. They have all these other first-run picks. They got cap space. So in terms of roster turnover, and they're going to have a new head coach too, which the 49ers had the same head coach yep. from that one year. So this Jets team is going to have a bigger makeover, a bigger turnaround than that 49ers team. And that 49ers team went from second overall to almost winning the Super Bowl in one year. And with with another playoff spot now, it is not crazy at all to think the Jets could make the playoffs, especially if they do get Lawrence. And Lawrence is special, as many people are thinking that he will be. Not crazy at all. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the Jets nail the head coach higher. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys, uh, you guys don't think I'm crazy. Um, I think a, another thing with free agency this year is, um, you know, yes, there's going to become more free agents available because the team's having to cut to get under the cap. But, you know, I think something that people forget, and I saw that, you know, the same thing has happened in the NHL with this offseason. With, you know, if league revenue is down and the pandemic and all that, is that you'll be, able to, you'll be able to sign guys on, you know, below market value contracts just because there's not as much value. You know, I mean, there's just not as much money going around. Um, I think that's another positive factor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you have anything else to add, Jared? One, I appreciate the call again. Uh, we're relatively new at taking calls, so I definitely appreciate it. And it seems like, I don't know about you, Kyle, maybe people listen to the show and they the, the dumber callers know not to call in because it seems like we have a lot of good callers. I don't know if it's just me, but uh, I, I definitely appreciate the <laughs> the insight, Jared. Uh, you definitely you, you killed it. So call in okay, next well, time. Okay, I'll talk to I, I, I appreciate, the, appreciate the compliment. Uh, do you guys have time for one really quick question? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, we'll, yeah, drop it, and then uh, I'll, I'll drop you, then we'll answer it. I'll, okay, I'll hang it. up and um, listen. So, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much telling you how to hang <laughs> okay, up and listen, good. but it's okay, bro. Um, I, I, it's just it's – <laughs> <good. laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I get it. Um, so given, given Clinton Williams' you know, projection and how he's just been completely dominant so far this okay. year, and, and given that he'll be on a, he'll be on a cheap contract for, for two more years and then you know, pick your option, um, you know, aside from aside from Aaron Donald, is there any other interior defensive lineman in the NFL that you would want to have on the Jets roster over him? 
Go, go ahead, Kyle. Well, Joe, you were telling me uh, a couple months ago that Chris Jones is actually not as good as people think. But every time I watch that guy, he's killing it. Chris Jones I, of the Chiefs. I, I remember. And I he, remember... De- he destroyed every, every rep that he and Alex Lewis were singled up. Mm-hmm. He literally. Uh, well, I don't think that's like, a high out. bar to, to clear. Well, I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> though. But and, and Lewis is not good. He's better. He took a jump. He's he's improved since where he was last year. He's not good at all. Yeah. But I'm telling you, he has straight up abused Alex Lewis in that game more so than Alex Lewis has been abused <laughs> all season by anybody else. But you don't like Chris Jones for some reason, or you think he's no, overrated? No, I, I I like Chris Jones. I don't think that's a proper way to word it, Kyle. Putting words in my mouth, you're just, just very unprofessional. Um, I think he's <laughs> very very good. I just think it's in it's in the pass game, in the run game. Watching film of offensive linemen just from Jets signing guys like Fanton, McGovern, and Khalil last year, and whatever I watch a, a ton of film. I think he gets washed out in the run game a little bit more than people think he does, and he and he guesses a lot. Um, he's not really that strong at the point of attack in terms of anchoring down versus double teams. Um, as consistently as you want to see him um, for how, how highly considered he, he is and how highly he's paid. So um, I think he's good. Uh, I just don't think he's, you know, elite just because of how, how not poor he is in the run game, but he's, he's more average in the run game than I think people realize he is, at least from what I've watched. And again, I've only watched a couple of games, you know, in passing, but when I do, I'm not overly impressed with him on a consistent snap to snap basis in, in the run game. Um Jared, like I said, and, and in terms of Quentin Williams, I know you asked him about Quentin Williams. I love Quentin Williams. I think Quentin Williams, in terms of his film, the numbers he's putting up right now is a top five interior defensive lineman right now. Uh, does he be more, uh, be more consistent? And you hope he, sh- you, you know, he continues to string along what he's been doing this season, especially the last three weeks? Yes. And if he does, uh, top notch. He's averaging a sack a game, uh, tons of pressures. You know, we saw it earlier in the season, too, at some points with the 49ers game. Uh, he absolutely killed that game, too. So, uh, Quinn Williams is showing what he did at Bama with the technique, um, with linking the hands and feet, things like that. He has some explosion, more straight line than lateral, like Kyle likes to say, which I agree with, but that's okay. So I think Quinn Williams will continue um, to be a top five interior defensive lineman, considering there's there's three factors I always talk about with Quinn Williams. One, the, the, he, he uh, is double teamed a lot because he's asked to to pick um, and and loop on, on a, a stunts a lot, which is a problem. Two, doesn't have great secondary behind him. So he has to get to the quarterback really quickly. And three quarterbacks can bail out of the pocket, you know, because the, it's never pinched because um, the edge rushers don't get there. So considering those three things, if those things, uh, three things turn around, which it will hopefully with the roster improving in the future, uh, Quinn Williams can be even more dominant than he has. And consider that's not even considering his age and how he'll continue to grow. It's only a second year. So uh, I am really, really faithful in Quinn Williams and what he'll, what he'll bring to the future. But uh, Jared, appreciate the call. And like I said, hopefully we hear from you again in a, in a month from now. Hey Joey, uh yeah, sorry, Boston, thank you for thank you for taking my call, guys. Thanks, man. Take care, Jared. Night. Uh you too. Joe, um, one thing I thought earlier too about the firing of Greg. Um I forget the guy's name who's gonna take over, the linebackers coach who's gonna take over. Frank Bush. Yeah, it is gonna be interesting if he says, you know what, why are we freaking looping Quinn and Williams around on stunts so much. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just shoot him in the gap more often. And if he does do that, you know, I think that might not be good news for the tank, but that's going to be interesting if we see him doing less of that. Cause that is one thing that is frustrating to watch each and every week. I'm going to run two. through some of the, co- oh, sorry, I'm going to run through some of the comments and then we're going to do some of the, co- we have two more callers. Uh, I don't think we're relatively quick with the callers. I do want to get into some film. Um, Joe, did Greg Williams run any split field coverage uh, at times? But you didn't really see it a ton. There's a lot of there's a lot of one 
uh, Tampa too. He did run some cover three, but uh, split field coverage in terms of like man end zone, it, it happened sometimes, but I'm not going to say uh, very, very often. Uh, let's see. Why is Cameron Clark not playing? I'm just going to answer some of these questions really quickly. Lightning round. I don't know why, why Clark's not playing. It, it bothers me that he doesn't play. Um, at this point, we're playing guys like Elflon and Andrews and all these other guys. Kyle, what do you think about that? Because it, it is a little bit frustrating, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. I don't know. Maybe he is legitimately hurt. Who yeah, knows? maybe they're being they're being cautious with him. They don't want to play it, put him on the IR or whatever the rules are in terms of not being able to bring him back. Uh, somebody said my hairline looks like the Batman symbol. I said the widow's peak. <laughs> that's that's funny. It's a widow's peak, bro. You shave it off and it grows back. It looks even more dumb. You kind of just gotta leave it. So Ashton Davis, I think somebody said he's trash. He's he's growing. Hewitt twelve tackles yesterday. If he did, uh, tackles are the most overrated stat for linebackers. Like, especially like I'm talking to my too. dad. My dad. My dad's bit. He's in one of these individual defensive player fantasy leagues. So he thinks that all the best players in terms of defense are the guys who rack up. So a lot Paul Puzlozny is better than Ray Lewis, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam for Jets X Factor. Oh, what's up? I saw it. that was like six minutes ago. What's up, Sam? Um, somebody hey, Sam. said who's a killing it with us. He just joined a couple like like a month or two ago. So he's killing it with the uh, Lawrence film and the Wilson film and all that stuff. So glad to have uh, him. Dante, I heard a theory that the Jets uh, should take Carson Wentz contract in exchange for two first-round draft picks from the Eagles. Yeah, Joe Caparoso floated that idea around. Two for two first-round draft picks. Uh, why would they want to do that? that contract? They're, they're going to be yeah. rebuilding anyway. They're, they, would they, they're, would they throw a se- would they throw a second-round pick and like a mid-round pick to do that? Because I think that's what Cleveland did. Yeah, like yeah, but 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 no, that's not two first round. No, two no first, sure, if they're gonna offer that, but that's not gonna. There's no way that happens. That's that's a little bit out of the realms of possibility. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. What's my what's my full time job? I need a new DC. I think a lot of people know what my full time job is, but uh, DC maybe. Hey, in high school, <laughs> not in college, the NFL. Let's uh, moving on. Da, da, da. Ashton Davis out for the year. Uh, yes, he is, and and JVR is as well. Uh, Jared, oh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, dude, Jared, that, that's good again. news for the tank. Van Rotten out. Andrews replacing him is good news for the same tank. for Davis. I, I think Davis offers more more than than Farley. Gidry, oh yeah, Farley. But who is Gidry playing for? Well, he's a slot. He's a he's a slot. So, he's uh, so, so he's, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have two more callers. Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt Rhoda or Matt Schroeder, whatever the hell it is. Uh, I think he called in last time. I think he's a pretty good caller. Um, if we don't get the number one pick, do you take Justin Fields? Uh, Matt, can you hear us? Yeah. What's going on, guys? Awesome. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt. Nothing, man. Just kicking it. I was, after watching <laughs> that game, I was actually really proud of how Sam fought. I wanted to hear what Joe thought about that. Typically, oh, in okay. fashion, he just yeah, crumbles. So I- I remember and last time he called he in. 14 God. So we call him 14 God in Chicago. Okay. In my apartment. Okay. Trubisky's 10 God. We have 14 God. After he truck stick that dude, I was <laughs> yep. fine with going over. Jeff Heath. Go, yeah, Kyle, go ahead. I remember you calling in last time, Matt. You're a big, you're a big Sam Donald guy. I remember you supporting him. Uh, I think the last oh, couple yeah, of weeks yeah, has, showed, yeah, has yeah. showed you a little bit of what he kind of is. He, he's he's inconsistent. Like he'll, he'll have one really good throw, one really good play, fumbles, interceptions. The last, uh, the, the two last week were absolutely brutal. 
Um, and I, you know, again, calling Sam Donald and Trubisky gods, it's, I, I'm sure it's a joke with your <laughs> buddies. Um, but I think, I think even you from the last time you called, which I believe is two months ago, you've kind of seen the, the, the writing on the wall with Sam Donald. Is that, is that correct? Even though take, take your fandom of Sam Donald out of it, but you, you have to admit he's been uh, way too inconsistent to not take. Well, just from like, yeah, I mean, I was a college athlete too. So I, I can, you know, I did lots yeah. of tape sessions and I mean, you can mm-hmm. just see it. Um, I don't think I wouldn't give up. He played on basketball, him. I right? Think Matt? The case is obviously just a. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I just think Gase is just so bad that it's a joke. Regardless, um, the fumbling yesterday was pathetic. But I was wondering what you guys thought of Beckton's pass protection in general when we're gonna have sixteen God back there. <laughs> I don't want 16 God getting touched like that. So what do you in college? He had it. He had issues with pass protection, but he's a great run blocker. Is that correct? Go ahead, Kyle, want that? I, I listen. Makai Becton didn't have a lot of pass pro reps in college because of the way okay. that uh, Louisville ran their system. But if you watched Duke Manyweather, unless he took it down, has every single one of his pass pro reps from the tight camera angle, the end zone camera angle on his YouTube channel of Becton. So you can watch every single one of them. And literally it looks like he does not lose at all at mm-hmm. any of those pass reps. Now, granted he's going against college athletes and he's going against much more refined pass rushers in the NFL, but he was really good. He's got really good footwork in my opinion for a guy that mm-hmm. size, but he is tall. So, you know, he naturally, when he shoots his hands, he's going to, He's going to aim them a little bit higher just because of how tall he is. But sometimes he shoots his hands too early and too high. And when he doesn't make good contact with the defender, sometimes they can get under him and move him back, even though he is a monster. And his balance Uh, goes forward. He doesn't have too much, Joe. He's not too much of a leaner, I don't think. Uh, the, pro- the only problem with him is he he kind of he he tries to take advantage of his length too much, right? I think yes, he kinda, yes, yes, he, yes. he overextends his arm. You really want to see the arm at like ninety percent bend, not not a hundred percent straightened, or or ninety percent straightened, not not a hundred percent, because he does tend to over he straightens out his arm. So when guys do deflect his hand, whether they're forking it or clubbing or not, not clubbing, but chopping, whatever it may be, his arms do have a tendency to be over, over, overextended. So his arms do get deflected a lot um, because of that. So I, w- I want to see that fixed. Like you said, with the hand shooting high, um, sometimes his, his hands, he shoots either too far inside or too far outside. I want to see that fixed up a little bit. Um, but overall, his, well, his when, when, but when he, when he lands a punch, right. Reps over. Oh, especially if he like quarter, like a quarter, like I always talk about like okay. quarter turns. If he, if he if he quarter turns on you and gets his elbow locked, you're screwed. You're absolutely you're you're, you're completely effed. But my problem, yeah, you, is like there's, I said, there's no way you're going to get a set if he if he's good. There's no no second effort will get you past him. Now he's, he's had some issues in terms big. of like Kyle said, like he did have the the pass sets or the pass reps he did have at Louisville. It was, a, it was a lot of play action, so that's more of like jump sets and you know just to sell the play action. Um, so he didn't have a lot of vertical 45 degree sets, things like that. So he does have some things to learn. Uh, the last couple of weeks, he's had some issues with picking up stunts. Usually he's pretty good with it, but he's, he's given up some pressures. And last week, a sack or the last game or yesterday, a sack because of not picking up a stunt. So he has some things to learn in the past game for sure. The run game as well. He's not perfect in the run game. There's, there's no, there's, I have plenty of film to show that he tends to throw guys instead of maintaining contact. You know, yeah. uh, gripping them, getting under their shoulder pads, running them up, climbing that tree, as I like to say. Instead, he tries to throw guys, which, yeah, it's great for a highlight at, t- at times. But then at other times, 
He tries to throw a defensive back. Now there's that five yards of separation. The defensive back uses his lateral agility to get away from him. And now he makes a tackle on the running back because back then tried to throw him when he could have gripped him, squared him up and ran him 15 yards down the field because he's looking for that highlight play. So th- there are some things he has to work on, but you have to be so far really, really impressed with what he, what, with what he is. So. Right. Yeah. And I was, I'm obviously curious and interested in just your guys film analysis. That's why I listen and watch your stuff on YouTube. John Franklin Myers. What's the deal with this guy? Cause I've been seeing some um, impressive analytics on him, being able to get into the backfield and disrupt plays. Is he something that we should be or have high hopes for, or be at least a little bit excited about for the 21 season? Yeah, um, and in terms of, I, I know Kyle talked about the Makai Becton stuff uh, on the YouTube. I'm not sure how you know how new of a listener you are, but if you do want to go check out that film, a lot of it I broke it down on the YouTube channel. So if you just type in uh, "Blew It Becton," it'll come up on YouTube. So Kyle did a piss poor job of, of promoting that. It is it is what it is. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I did a piss poor job promoting. Okay, I I have I have the film breakdown of that. I'm completely joking. Oh, but oh, 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 continuing, oh yeah. Continuing on. Uh, John Franklin Myers, yeah, dude, like he he played well with the with the Rams. It was like 2018, and then he was buried on the depth chart behind guys like Sue Brockers, uh, Donald. So he showed some flashes, and I, I don't know if I broke down. I forget if I broke down the film on that on, on the YouTube channel, whatever wherever I was. But I was pretty impressed. I haven't seen anything about him anywhere really, and he's pretty interesting. Oh yeah, okay. So again, you're talking uh, about like during draft time or something. Or no, or I'm just talking about the Jets? general about the Jets season. Yeah, oh, yeah, John dude, okay, Myers, so, it looks like he didn't even play in 2019. So yeah, 2019. Well, he was injured in 2019, so that's why that's why he didn't play. He was on the Jets roster, okay. he didn't play because he, he was injured. Again, I'm not sure if you watch the weekly breakdowns I do. Uh, if you don't, I'm not offended. But if you do want to go to each of the shows and each of the clips, like they're they're kind of highlighted by uh, demonic in in the chat, so you could go and click on the John Franklin Myers stuff. I've been hyping him all, all season. Um, I think he's going to be a solid, he's, he's a, in the, in the pass rush. I like him as a three tech. I really like his, his speed and power versus guards, uh, run game. I would like him more on the edge, but overall he's, he's been good. He's explosive. He has good, he has good hand, um, handwork. You could tell that based on, uh, kind of him learning from a guy like Donald, uh, definitely go with, you know, cross shopping swipes, things like that. And, and kind of using his lateral agility to get away from, from guards, um, and really good bull rush too. Like he's super powerful and super linear and explosive when he gets into bull rushes. So I like that. Uh, we'll, I will be doing some John Franklin Myers breakdown on this one. Not, not really a lot, but again, I do it every show, but, uh, cool. in terms of like future guys, Q, John Franklin Myers, Fadokasi are all monsters inside. Like they, they are going to be uh, really good players and are continuing to develop. But uh, Matt, anything else to add before I, I we have another call and we do want to get into some of that film that you let, let me let me contact on, on John Franklin Myers really quick. When you think of guys that we've had in terms of pass rushing, in terms of Jenkins, Basham, Henry Anderson, Nate Shepard, even though we give Henry Anderson a contract after he had however many sacks he had that one year, John Franklin Myers has shown way more than any of those guys did at any point. So, yeah. oh, for well, sure. good. Those guys stink anyway. But I'm just saying, like, even when they've shown flashes, like, oh, Jordan Jenkins, he's he, Jordan Jenkins might get ten million dollars a year. Some people were speculating Henry Anderson did get a, a contract like that. John Franklin Myers, despite being really young and not having the experience that these guys had, he's already shown way more than they ever have. Yeah. So, the reason well, to be I optimistic. Guess that's positive. Matt, we definitely guess, appreciate the call. Um, I guess a dwarf is tall amongst midgets. I get it. 
I like that. <laughs> that's positive. I appreciate a dwarf. It, I use that on a podcast. A, a, a similar kind of analogy. A dwarf is tall among midgets. Like so, I I said uh like kind of with the Jets DB is like pool doesn't get picked on as much because you know if you're with your you're with your friends in the woods you have to be you you don't have to be the fastest guy. You just can't be the slowest friend if you're running from a bear. And that's kind of like the Jets the, in terms of the Jets secondary. But I might have to use that dwarf to midget thing. So, uh, Matt. Appreciate yeah. it all. Uh, hopefully we, we hear from you again in the month and hopefully uh, a month from now you have the 16 guide instead of the 14 guide, you know, running through you and your friends. I'll still have 14 guy, but I'll have a 16. I'll have a 16 Jesus. That's what we'll call him. All right. All right. There we go. Perfect. All right. I'll talk um, to you guys. All right. Cool. Appreciate the call. Um, some people in the comments, we have, we have one more caller than we're going to get to some film uh frank lamar had 10 pressures on sunday insane yeah and and like in terms of pressures like i saw something the other day like we had a couple of people who were saying oh well you know quinn williams had seven seven back-to-back uh or seven pressure games back-to-back and then i saw today oh well you know he had a, he had a six pressure game that's his highest in the last three weeks like i don't know how people rate pressures but overall yeah frank Lamar's yeah I, I always wonder the same thing frank lamar's has been good uh makai beckton got beat uh, bad twice on uh, on Sunday. Technique issue, correctable, correctable. It's 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 technique issues. It's his hands, it's his feet, it's his recognition of uh, of stunts, things like that. Speaking of um, Beckton and pressures, the whole idea that Beckton gave up no pressures against Bosa and Ingram is not true. Yeah, it's false. It's false. I well, saw Ingram because- at least. Dude, we're going to talk about some of that in the future with the Mackay Becton tape because some of the people out there who listen, and again, I think he's going to be a top, I literally, I legitimately do think he's going to be a top five left tackle. Is he now? No, but there's people on Twitter who, in my opinion, are a little bit irresponsible with some of their breakdowns and they make people think that he's the best left tackle in the league. He has nothing to work on. He makes no mistakes, which is not true. We will get into yeah. that, I, I mm-hmm. promise. Uh, somebody said, uh, What kind of contract do we offer for Brian Poole at the end of the season? Um, what he's 28 years old. I, I would, you say, might not be offering him anything. I don't yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not sure. And I, I like him. I like him a lot. I think him at, at six, $7 million a, a year for, you know, three years with half, with, uh, you know, half of it guaranteed is, is, is a, re- a relatively reasonable deal. So, um, we'll get into that. Somebody said Baldy is a joke. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, moving on to the last, well, not the last caller, but the last caller in the queue. Again, you can call in. We're going to do some film in a little bit. Uh, Jack and again the, the auto screen I was reading because it's funny. Uh, Jack calling into the blue a blue book show to talk about Jaguars and Chips Tank. So I don't know what that means, but we are going to talk to Jack. Uh, Jack, what's up? Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? Hey, Jack. Do you want to talk about a blue chip or something weird like that? I don't think we screened you right. <laughs> oh no, I was I, so I, I'm just interested in. Uh, sort of this this tank off with the Jaguars. I mean, I've been rooting for this tank pretty much since tank week off. two. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I know like a lot of people might might think Donald is is good. I think you know, I was very skeptical coming into this year, and that Buffalo game mm-hmm. definitely uh, uh, made me think that uh, he's not like guy. me. So I've been rooting. For, yeah, quite quite a while, right? So yesterday was. I was on my knees. I was I was gonna cry that there that uh, we got these two no name running backs, a bunch of guys that are meaningless to the future of this franchise, gonna ruin all this hard work that they've done. But uh, so as of now, I am definitely the most confident that they will go 0 16 at any point. But I but there's just still 
they, they the the big problem is they never get a team's best shot. I mean, they haven't played a team hasn't played well against them in like a month and a half. Like all these teams have been. I mean, Miami. Game, Miami did hold scored, three points just two yeah, weeks ago. It was awful. They wanted them to win the game. Yeah, I mean, like three fumbles. Like they were they were awful. Yeah. Uh, the Bills yeah. had like seven field goal attempts. I mean, the Patriots were horrible. Uh, all these teams are terrible. The Raiders, this game was so important for their playoff hopes. So important. They just got blown out by the Falcons, and they come in here, and they get up by 11, and they decide, you know, we're just going to punt. We're going to punt we're on the other side of the, the field twice. Strength, yeah. yeah, Devontae Booker, he's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, they're going to Seattle. I, I don't think they're going to you know, beat them again. Thank God they lost. They, they can't afford to lose this week again, but it's Pete Carroll. He might, uh, you know, want to punt the ball more, might want to run, take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand. When's the last time the Jets beat Seattle? They lost them at least the last three times they played them. So what, 2004, did they win in 2004? I have no idea. (laughs) They lost in 2008 with Brett Favre, 2012. They got smoked in Seattle. Russell Wilson's rookie year, 2016, they yeah. kicked the shit out of us at MetLife. There's no way yeah. I see Russell I, I see Russell Wilson not carving up this defense. There's there's absolutely no way. Um, so I'm not really – and again, people are yeah. – I don't like to say, no, oh, yeah, the Jets are I definitely going to go 0-16 because I don't like I, – I, I do have jinxes. Like I do not like saying that stuff because I something something – like Kyle, I really was going to go at you this week because I saw tanking for Trevor, change your handle – like the week before we almost beat the Raiders. So you might have to change that back or something, or maybe you don't, I don't know at this point, but yeah, I, I think the jets do have a good shot to go. zero and 16 um, just because they're terrible. Like they're, you know, Seattle's obviously a better team. The Rams are much better coached than the jets. The Browns are nine and three right now. Um, even though I don't think they're as good as some people think they are. And the Patriots, it's you have to hope the, the Patriots, you have to hope Yeah, they need that, to be in it. They need yep. to be in it week 17 because if they are not in it, I could see a lot of guys getting added to the injury report because they're feeling a little tweak they had in practice. So but one thing I've been trying to say, listen, if they're in it, I don't think we got to worry much. Belichick's teams always heat up this time of year, especially at home. There are some crazy stats that show in the second half of season, what Belichick's record is at home. It's insanely high. We're talking like maybe like almost something like 80 something percent win percentage. It is insane how how much they win at home late in the season, mm-hmm. and Darnold and Darnold is awful against New England. Just look at last year. So, yeah. if I mean, if New England wins two out of their next three, I don't think we got to worry much now, about that game. Now, if Darnold gets hurt and 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 Flacco comes in, we might have a little bit more of a worry. Like uh, honestly, uh, like dude, like if 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 he played yeah. the Raiders this game, do we win the Raiders game? Probably. And like that's obviously really bad for Sam Darnold's future. The fact that I, yeah, I got. Go ahead. I was I was nervous when he got that uh when Ty Johnson missed the blitz and he got came up limping. I was like, oh no, Flacco's gonna come in. This Raiders defense is awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna win this game. Yeah, for uh, sure. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, obviously, so- what happens at the Tankathon. Um, hopefully our next live stream one you both call in again. And two, we're talking about the Jets' number one pick and who they're gonna hire for a coach. Because listen, if I get to do a live stream after the Jets beat the Patriots week seventeen because Bill Belichick benched everybody, well, I'll come on with I'm you. I'm going to be miserable, miserable. So oh. I'm 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 the, the tank the Tankathon. I, I like that 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 phrasing. But uh, 
uh, Jack, if that is your name, hopefully, like, I think you said it, but uh, hopefully I didn't yeah. screw you wrong. But we appreciate the call, and hopefully you call in again, dude. All right, thanks for having me. Oh, Peace, right. Jack. Uh, let's see. Okay, so going back to the chat, uh, the chat, hundred people in here. I don't know how many likes we have, but if we uh, if we don't have about a hundred, I'd be pretty upset. I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> um, let's see. That uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to see if everybody, somebody said Seattle thirty three to seven. Somebody asked if uh, what's the biggest or who's the biggest to blame in terms of the Jets um, letting up with two hundred yards to Waller. It's it's a combination of the spot dropping. It's a combination of Ashton Davis, Bryce Hall. Hewitt, Lange, it's it's everybody. The Jets cannot cover on the intermediate. They they just cannot because of spot dropping. And I hate that Greg, uh, that Greg Williams, Marcus um, May too, Mister. You know he had an opportunity to tackle Waller. Yeah, and and Marcus May too. Like that's a couple. That's you know he missed the tackle there. And then what was the game? Was that like two games ago with the Chargers game where uh, they they hit like a deep crosser and then he runs yeah tackles mm-hmm. his own guy because he takes a really piss poor angle. So yeah. he and he had and he had and he had that bad angle against the Browns week two last year. Yeah, so some, some people count him in. as a good tackler. Like, and usually when he gets to the guy, he is. But in terms of his angles and things like that, he's he's not. Um, in my opinion, I think he, I think he's okay. Like he has some big busts. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't. He's not bad, but you know. Um, listen, uh, we're not talking about Earl guys, Thomas. We need to keep, we need to keep Do- uh, Donald and trade that number one. But no, it, we're we're way past keeping Donald at this point. Uh, who are you cutting and who are you keeping so far? I don't know. Yeah, the guys who want to keep Donald at this point, I, I don't even know if I could have a conversation with them. Uh, no. To be honest, no, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I just don't think there's any reasoning with that. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the film, I guess. Yeah. I don't really see any other comments in here that are. Uh, again, if you did comment something, you want us to answer it, comment again because there's a ton of, of, of stuff in here and I don't uh, want to search all the way back because that'd be really bad uh, podcasting. But. Since we're talking about what position do groups want to do first? Because I, I kind of, I kind of honestly just put a bunch you of choose, here. you choose. I always got to choose stuff. I host the show, I put up you, the film, I take the calls. You know, kind of, I it's actually do blue. It's okay. blitz for a reason. And then, and then right? you had a chance. You know, I'm so offended. You had, a, you had a chance to, blitz. you had a chance to promote my my freaking breakdown of of the film I found from uh what's his what's his name Duke well, Mannyweather and what do you do you go to Duke Mannyweather shutter you know, yeah you know I I should have I should have. Yeah, but you don't watch my no, channel we're, anymore, we're so not. it is what it is. Bullshit. <laughs> I did hear Kyle say the other day that uh, nobody talks about Donald not not hand, or not faking the the play action as well as uh, pull that up. Start some there, of the quarterbacks, start there. and then and then Kyle, and then he's like, nobody else brought that up. I'm like Kyle. I'm like, you don't listen to the podcast, buddy. I'm like, you freaking, you skipped out on me. I know you took a, you took a little bit of a hiatus because you didn't want to talk about the same things and have the same. That is why. That's the only reason. So damn influential. But that is the only reason why. But there was somebody who's talking about that for weeks. And I know Dark, who watches every week, knows that I've been talking about the same. I know he could back me up in the chat. Well, I am, I'm, I'm not disputing you. I'm just saying I didn't know because I, I didn't want to be your freaking parrot coming on here saying the same things you've already said. But that just goes to show that we both, if we both notice it, two Joe Schmoes who don't work in the NFL, if we both notice this sitting behind our computers, obviously defensive coordinators and defensive players are going to notice this on film. That just goes to show how fucking bad it is. And for those of you guys that really don't know what we're talking about, and Joe, pull up a play, please. There, I'm telling you what to do. I'm giving you my opinion. Um, Sam Darnold sells play action he doesn't sell it it's not play action it's not fooling anybody it 
it's not even just that he doesn't really look the ball in on the play fake. His whole body demeanor is different. He like jumps up in a way that he does not jump up under center when he's, when he's actually handing the ball off, he just hands it off. But when he's doing play action, he kind of like jumps up before he drops back. It's so obvious. We're going to, we're going to get into some film, like different film of Donald, but just in terms of the play action thing, it's, you could tell like, this is not faking anybody out. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Like I played oh, high yeah. school. This, this linebacker is so... He'd be like, what are you... So the only thing that's selling this play action right here is is the offensive lineman. But if you're looking to the backfield and you see this, mm, not necessarily the best fake I've ever seen. So, And this is very, very frequent. I brought it to Kyle the other day um, and saying that that's part of him being a little bit shell-shocked in terms of getting hit a lot because a lot of quarterbacks, if they're expecting pressure, will pull the ball like that because then obviously you can get you can get to the bottom of your drop quicker, uh, turn, see the defense, see the offense, read the concept. So if you're expecting pressure, that's what you're expected to do, but he does that every single time. So that's what Kyle is, is speaking about. Yeah. but I mean, literally, every time I can tell – like almost immediately after he gets the snap, it's that obvious guys and play play action is done for a reason. And you guys know this, this is basic football play action is done to suck the linebackers up, to get them to bite on the run, to give a little bit extra space for people on crossing routes and stuff. And if, if, if people are not actually biting on the play action, then what good is it doing now? The play action did work a little bit in this Raiders game. That's only because the running game was so effective. Yeah, okay. So since we're talking about Donald, I guess we'll bring up some plays again. I'm not going to go crazy with any of these guys' film. I'm not going to break it down necessarily like I do on the show just because I don't want to sit here for four hours and do film because I do have a decent amount of plays I do um, want to bring up. One of the plays, like, and it's some of the, some of the plays I'm going to bring up of like of like Hall or whoever, like you might have not have seen me for or things that are probably not necessarily dis- uh, discussed. Like this throw, I know a lot of people touted this throw as good, and and I do like this throw from Darnold. And again, I don't have the film of this week yet because obviously just ended, uh, the game ended what 20, 27 hours ago, so I don't have it broken down yet. I don't think it's out yet. Maybe it is. It usually comes out about now. Um, Darnold does have some impress- impressive throws, and this is one that I I like. I like the anticipation mm-hmm. of this throw, Kyle. The mm-hmm. one thing I do not necessarily like is if this is a good linebacker. And he's and he's dropping. If he sees Donald loading up here, he's probably gonna stop moving or anticipate the window based on the hallway and where the shoulders pointed. So if this linebacker didn't take this extra step, it's probably an interception or or close to it. So I know people talk about it being like a great Maybe, throw, but, it's, but it, look but it's how low risky. and away. But look how low and away Donald threw it though. From, it is risky, but if it's if it's Fred Warner or Eric Kendricks, maybe. From this, but by the way, this isn't even a linebacker. Though. From this, this is a defense. This is not a, yeah, exactly. So, but you, still, when he goes to throw this ball, you're telling me that he, if, if that linebacker didn't take that extra, or that the, the defensive end didn't take that, oh, extra he's got a step, shot at it. He's got a shot. Yeah, that's at what I'm it. saying. It's so like it's a good throw, but a, but a risky throw. And obviously, people talk about oh, it was too far to the inside, all that stuff. No, it's not. Mims Mims obviously does a does a good job securing it and, and running. Um, Might have been a little bit banged up on that play. It didn't really look like he was running full speed. Um, some other stuff I do again. I'm Mim gonna, sometimes looks slower than he actually is. I think he gets gassed. Like some of those plays, like that was after he banged his knee into the ground. There was another play where he was running for some yak, and he uh, it was right after they took like a fifty yard deep shot to him. So it's like people just act like it's it's easy to not get gassed, you know. So if you're running full speed, it, it is a little bit hard. So 
there are some t- yeah. like people bringing up, oh, he looks slow. He might be hurt. And but- he's still getting into game shape. Remember, he had no preseason and he missed, what, the first half of the season? Uh, yeah. So-, so this is the big play that was discussed. Um, the thing I do want to bring up with this play where you, where you have, where you have these two guys pulling the coverage, you have, um, you have the wheel from the, from Crowder right here. And it's uh-huh. weird because the dolphins like ran a cover one, but they had two guys guarding the flats, which is a little bit different of a look, um, than, than typical, than a typical cover one, um, cover one hole or, or funnel or whatever you're, you're, you know, we're talking about robber. Um, the one thing I do want to bring up here is that people do. And again, it's, I think it's, it's, I think it's like 50, 50, everybody, kind of talks about this like he was a hundred percent looking at at crowder at this point here and at if you were to say kyle when when crowder gets to what point should donald know that he, he should have absolutely thrown this ball i would say about here yeah oh yeah yeah of course uh, but yeah if he, here, if he if he the, the, the saying yet, right? yeah no the saying if he's okay. even he's leaving right okay so. yes so so probably about here Mm-hmm. If you look, and this is what I always do with film as well, you have to watch a million times. If you look at where the defensive lineman is, he his body is about at the 39-yard line. Now, if we go to the other view, so this is a play like where I try to be really fair to, to Donald when he deserves criticism. Yeah, he runs mm-hmm. to the first down here. If you look at his helmet, again, the, the defensive lineman was about at the, you know, a little bit over the 39-yard line. If you look at Donald's helmet, it goes to the side like watch the helmet and watch the, it's a really, really slight turn to the inside. So I think he looks off about now. Yeah. You see his head now. And this guy was at or at or past the 39 yard line right there. So I actually think he looked off literally a quarter of a second before this guy got, or before Crowder got open. What's, what's it down the distance? Uh, I can't, I can't, I don't know if I have it listed. Uh, third and third and two. Okay. Okay. So it makes it a little bit less of a bad play for him because if he can get this completion to Perriman, then it's a first down. Obviously, you know, you want to take advantage of uh, big plays when you can. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he might, I think what he was seeing was, okay, he's, you know, this guy's in trail. This and, guy's matching him in the flat, so he's gonna pick him sure. up. He didn't expect this guy to play this as poorly as he did. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that's just my opinion on it. Where he, I think he looked off just a literally a hair before he got open. Um, yeah. and wheel routes, wheel routes are very low completion percentages. It's a, it's one of the lowest you're playing the Jets linebackers. Yes. Maybe not this year, but you remember in the past, like how many, how many, uh, wheel routes oh, like the, that year, David the Eagles, the Eagles week four, 2015. They, oh, we got to abuse that game. Abuse. Wheel, that was after by, the- by good old Sam Bradford. Who, who do we start that season? We started with the Browns, then the, then Indy. Then who's week three? I think I think week three was the Eagles. No, week three was the Redskins. I think uh, that I might have been that. We started two and two. I know that. Uh, and the Eagles was week four. I'm positive about that. Two and two. So week three was a loss thing. So we beat the Browns. We beat the we beat Indy week two. Because I, I I drove to Indianapolis. Um, looking at some of the more more of the film again. I'll get I'll get into the chat in a little bit, Kyle. If you wanna, uh, this is the this is the play that he. F- forces it to say so these plays i know that he you know some people are saying he, you wanted him to take more deep shots in this situation i don't like him taking a deep shot based on the pre-snap read like you have you know he's going deep you have a, a, a safety who's over top and once you take your drop and you realize that that safety is going to be over top to play that ball you either one 
have to put it outside shoulder and pretty quickly, but you can't lead him over the top. So at this point, you, like I said, if you do want to take the shot, you're going to have to fire it in there and, and, you know, most likely go to the back shoulder. Instead, he sees yeah. a safety and floats it in the air and allows the safety to close ground for what easily could have been a pick. So another bad decision by Donald, yeah. obviously, again, looking, reading that middle of the field safety and then deciding to throw the ball. Obviously, terrible transitional footwork, too. Right there at the bottom, you want to get your you want to get your feet pointed um, where it's they're not. Uh, well, well, his back foot gets pointed, but this foot's towards the sideline again, which is not conducive to, to you know, a good lead foot. You want your foot going where the, the direction you're throwing the ball the shoulders are not pointed to where he wants to throw the ball. So his body is not pointed to where he wants to throw it. And obviously he throws it and makes a bad decision where again, if you initially watch, he initially, if you want to throw the ball to Perryman has, or is it Perryman? Uh, I think it's Perryman. You, you can throw it to the outside shoulder right here where you have room on the sideline, but to float this ball up again with bad technique while you're throwing the ball to a point where if Perryman doesn't get lucky and just get his right hand on that ball, it's a pick for, for Howard. And it's a three pick game instead of a two pick game, uh, obviously depending on, on future play calls, but not a good decision by Darnold there either. Yeah. And I don't know who the safety is too, but it, even if he plays a little better and I know that, I know that Darnold was trying to look him off. He held his eyes to the left kind of before he started to throw it. But if the safety does pick this off better, he's catching it body already facing the other way. And he's going to be able to run this back for a decent amount of yards. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of interest, like, you know, and, and I'm not just trying to go over the bad Donald film, but this is for the people who do think you should just build around this guy. And a lot of people say, Oh, well it's, it's, you know, it's, it's based on his roster and, and, uh, you know, uh, what the jets have done to him, which is, which is true to a certain extent, but you have to take him for what he is. And again, I'm not going to do, this is just from the dolphins game. Some of the things I'm showing right here, but and- God. Can we just cut one little quick comment on the mechanics Because there were so many mechanical flaws in that play right there, but your buddy, my buddy, Mark Schofield, who came on to do a big extensive Sam Darnold breakdown with you, mm-hmm. Mark's whole thing with, with quarterback mechanics is they're not a problem until they become a problem. I'll say that one more time. Mechanics are not a problem until they become a problem. Well, everyone knew Sam Darnold had tons of mechanical flaws coming out of college. Yeah. He still did make some impressive throws. But the problem is, is now we're seeing every single week, huge mechanical flaws leading to really bad throws. Even go that fucking Hail Mary at the end of the Raiders game yesterday. He didn't even make the end zone. He came nowhere close to making the end zone. Like, even like five yards guy, short. <laughs> even if this guy caught the ball, it's game over, man. Like he's not, yeah. what was that? Yeah, his his mechanical flaw is the problem. Like the thing that USC with him was that he he was good. Like, well. He wasn't good with his mechanics, but his mechanics would show up in a bad way um, in terms of affecting the throw, like like one out of every 10 throws, where now it seems like every other throw is is uh, um, kind of lessened or, or worse because of bad uh, because of bad mechanics. Uh, again, I don't want to go over like too much with everything in terms of like drops and footworks and, and, and things like that. But this is another he's a not a good deep ball thrower. Again, another situation um, where he wants to take a, a, a shot to Perryman. Now, I'm I'm hoping that they had communication, or he knew that he would he would stutter um, and run this double move like a stutter go. And again, in the NFL, this is this is relatively open where he where he would oh, be yeah. expected to catch this if this is over his shoulder. And Donald puts it in a spot where he has absolutely no chance. So. He just misses guys, and these and these are these are ones where it's like, oh, it's okay, okay it's a tight throw. Again, you can go back, watch the Broncos show, I sh- or the Colts show, or whatever. In terms of Reed getting off of Reed's too quick or, or too quickly or too slowly, staring guys down, footwork, forcing balls. There's a lot of of bad from him. 
Um, this is a little bit better in terms of in terms of his mechanics. He has a foot weight, he has a foot pointed. He has the the, the lead foot uh, pointed a little bit better as well. Um, but again, an, an, another ball that's just way too far over Perryman's head in a situation where Flacco, you know, probably probably hits him. So and by the way, you want to hit you you want to hit him where he's breaking out towards the sideline. Yeah, but it's just too it's too much leading him too much. Mm-hmm. And by the way, those making excuse, oh, it's a tight window throw, bro. You're the third overall pick. A lot of people said you were the consensus best quarterback in the draft. If you can't hit throws like that, I mean, what what are we talking about here? Somebody said yeah. uh, Eagles was week three because we were two and zero when we played them. That's what I thought because that was after Indy, correct? Uh, okay, uh, Brian, my bad. Brian's in there. You just said you were confident. You know, it, it is what it is. I, I was. My bad. Um, last play of Donald again. I don't want to get too much of him just because yeah, uh, yeah, we sure. have some other guys to do, and I don't want to just sit here and hammer Donald because I, th- I think it's pretty much known that he's that he's going to be gone. But mm-hmm. another situation drops back. He determines pre-snap where where he's going. I'll show from the other view. And stares, how many other quarterbacks are going to hold the ball this low in a competition for this long? Stares down Perriman. Stare down. Stares down Perriman. His, his footwork is is non-existent. He's just he's just standing there flat-footed. Absolutely terrible footwork. Uh, you know, cocks the cocks the ball back. Isn't sure about if he should throw it. So he's like, oh, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Decides, eh, screw it. If Xavier Howard, who's in perfect position on the out route. Um, and he just forces the ball in there. Now, again, if this is a situation where like, you needed it and nobody else was open, try to make, try to throw a ball at least where he could adjust to it, where it's over, where it's over his head. But you can't, you can't laser it short when the guy is under is underneath of of uh, your your uh, your receiver because you assume a good cornerback when he looks back to the ball and he's in good position is going to also look back to the ball. So you can't expect him to make that catch. Absolutely terrible pick uh, for the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. It's just um, it's it's littered in his film, and and the some thing, of the and, ones. And, go ahead. So, some of the ones I'm showing now again aren't the best. Like they're they're good examples, but there are some examples of him. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it up just so because like I always reference this play because I, I think it's so. Um, I thought it was really really Viking. bad. No, oh, no, I thought I thought you were gonna bring up that Vikings play that you love. What's the oh the the one of him throwing it while he's being hit. No, mm-hmm. no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, t- I'm talking about the one where, because I, I literally heard after this play on social media, because people don't know what they're watching and they don't take the time to, know, to, to look at what they're watching or even just to, to, you don't have to be a good football mind or study film to know this, but it's a play where it's another oh. play action, which by the way, is very, is very well sold. Um, <laughs> and he's looking to the middle of the field. People say, oh, you don't really know what he's reading. You don't know this. And people on this play said, oh, well, Donald got sacked because nobody was open downfield. I, and I'll show up from the other view. He's staring down Cager on a dig route. And in the NFL, I don't care about this linebacker. This is wide open in the NFL. And he continues to read it through here. And he looks the ball. He, and then he looks off of this read and then takes a sack. What more do you need to see from Donald to know that he's broken than this, than him seeing this. Don't, Kyle, I take you in this very moment. You're dropping back. You, you're here. Are you going to make this throw to this, to this receiver and hit him? I have a shot. A 20-yard throw wide open. You're hitting this. I have faith in you. You're hitting this receiver. I, I just I have a feeling that me being in an NFL game going against these <laughs> You know monsters, what I'm saying. Like, come on. I, I would get nervous and probably just fuck up. See that play action not not well sold again. Looking to the middle the entire time, reading Cager, reading Cager, and then doesn't and then doesn't throw the ball. It's it's bad. Yeah. It's it it's, doesn't get much more open than that. Yeah. So and then we have the play of Crowder before too. Let me see the chat. I don't know if anybody else is asking questions again. Uh, this is more of what I do is 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 the film stuff. 
Uh, is Sam Darnold the biggest bust in Jets history? No, he, he is not. No. Um, D. Milner, no. I think the big it's it's Vernon Golson. He literally it's it's him and like Hackenberg. Like Hackenberg didn't play one snap in the NFL in a regular season game. Golson never got a sack. Darnold again. I think he had a chance to be a good quarterback, but the Jets did ruin him. But you have to realize what he is at this point. Obviously, he wasn't – he's not Trevor Lawrence coming out or anything like that, but the Jets did ruin him to a certain extent. That's undeniable, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mar- Mark Sanchez is definitely a worse quarterback. I I, I don't yeah. care. No, Listen, put, nobody – Sanchez on that Nobody was team. willing to – at any point after Sanchez started – well, Sanchez always struggled from day one with the Jets. Nobody – like Shefty said – that we could get a two and a five for Darnold. Nobody was ever going to offer that for Sanchez. Yeah. Moving on to the next, we're going to go through some of the position groups again, and some of these guys will be pretty short. Uh, what do you think about the running backs moving forward? Obviously, Gore's not going to be here next year. He's been he's been okay. Lacks a lot of uh, explosion, lateral um, agility, things like that to really get through backside um, or, or to cut it backside or to bounce runs. So you see that show up a decent amount in his film. Um, he's been relatively solid, but I think the offensive line has also been opening up some holes for him. P Ryan started off the season pretty bad. I, I think recently he's been playing a little bit better, but now he's obviously hurt. So what do you think about him? We'll bring up some, we'll point, I'm going to bring up like one play of Ty Johnson. I don't really have to, I can kind of skip past it. He, he's pretty open this game. I'm excited to watch the film. He played really, really well. Um, yeah. so what are your thoughts that to add to that group? And what do you think about the, the, the young guys in general? I think it mostly just goes to show you that running backs are like, I don't want to say meaningless because they're not, it's, but there, it's, there it's, are, there are so many more things that matter when it comes to the run game more than a running back. It's the least important position on a, on a football team. Besides special teams. Yes, definitely. By yeah, far. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a full, maybe a full, like a, and a fullback. Like if you're going to count that, that's a, that's a running so back. Therefore, like you guys who think, Ooh, let's, let's pair Trevor Lawrence with Etienne. The yeah. running back from Clemson because they have a good report. Listen, they're ha- he's handing the ball off to him. Yeah, does he throw a couple swing routes to him? Yeah, sure. You don't need to have good chemistry between a quarterback and a running back and stop drafting running backs in the first round. Yeah, they're good for a couple of years. Look at Zeke Elliott. He's not what he used to be, right? He's still a good player. How does Saquon Barkley working out for the Giants? But uh, yeah. no, but seriously, it, it, uh, there's a lot more reasons why – they, they actually had running lanes to run through, and a lot of it was running behind Becton, and the Raiders' run defense also sucks. A lot of about – and getting good angles in the run game is really uh, what's important, and that's coaching and scheme mostly. Um, but uh, these guys did break some runs, especially uh, you know Josh Adams. He had a couple nice runs, uh, yeah. especially you know one late in the game where he almost took it to the house, but he got tackled like, I don't know, like – just short of the five yard line or whatever. Like he cut it back up the middle, broke a tackle on his way up the middle. So that, that was nice. Um, you know, a couple, you know, Johnson, sometimes, you know, he outside zone run, then he, he faked like he was going to cut it back. And then instead of cutting it back, he actually took it more to the outside. Like they were, they were also doing their thing in the run game too. First but it just goes to sh- rusher since Isaiah Crowell versus the uh, Broncos. Broncos in like what week five or six? Week five or six of 2018. This is yeah. a, he does a good job here too. I, 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 like I agree. Yes. I, I like him in terms of this, like see, like seeing that um, you know inside shoulder versus outside shoulder, and him really attacking this this B gap. Mm-hmm. And 
the explosion's pretty good here too. Obviously, dropping his hips, opening up his foot, so he, so he could he could work over his hips or work over that foot. Obviously, if your foot's going to be straight, you're not going to be able to cut as as good. So you have to make sure to to turn that foot in the direction you want to cut. So good job with that. Obviously, sees this guy with inside leverage, but he's not going to be able to bounce this all the way outside. So then he plants and explodes forward. Really good play by him here. Um, we do have two callers, and we'll get into some other other film. Uh, we have somebody who's been waiting for 20 minutes, which I didn't even see. Uh, dark, it says dark assassin dress. Uh, I don't know what they want to talk about, but hopefully, um, that name sounds familiar. I, it's, I know it's, it's on, it's, I'm pretty sure this is the guy who, uh, who's, who's tied with you in the, in the pickums, Kyle, but uh, dark assassin, what's up? What's up, fellas? Hey, I'm glad hey, you're calling in. I always see you commenting on stuff, but I, I don't know if I've ever heard your voice before. Now I called in once before. Uh, you called the name screwed it up. I forgot what it called me, but it was really funny. I was, oh, I was well, dying welcome. laughing. What it called welcome me. for the second time. Um. All right, so I want to talk about the off season because I've been thinking about. I mean, that's all Jet fans could think about, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I don't, I don't think the rest of the season matters. Um, losing every game. So. I mean, I've been thinking about the off season after week one. To be honest, but no, I'm thinking yeah, I said, that since since we should since week spend, one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I think that we should spend all the money on in free agency on offense. Like if Tooney gets available or Sheriff, mm-hmm. definitely a receiver. And at first, like I was thinking, I didn't want to go defense in the draft, but I would not mind taking an edge in the first round after Lawrence, and then corner in the second because. Mm-hmm just such a need and then focus on like running back receiver and like the third third or fourth or something what are your thoughts Kyle yeah I'm totally with you when it comes to spending off it because free agency is all about needs right um Mm -hmm. you know you you address needs in free agency uh and obviously our offense has been our biggest problem for a very long time uh, and obviously with your new quarterback, you want to put him in a position to succeed, which is obviously what we didn't do with Darnold. So I'm totally with you in investing most of our free agency money in that. I might disagree. I, I listen, I don't know these draft prospects that well yet, so I can't really comment on specific players, but the idea of, Oh, well, our second round pick needs to be on this or this. I don't really like that because when you try to target specific pos- position groups in the draft, that's where you get into trouble. Yeah. Oh, we have this need, so let's address it in the draft, and, and, especially and, early. Now, maybe a little bit later on. Oh, like we could yeah. we could use the backup running back, and maybe and maybe four rounds, four, five, or six. Okay, but in the first round, oh, we need to get a receiver. So, oh, well, this guy, he's actually our seventh receiver on the board. Like, if you start doing that, and then you draft over a, a bunch of other guys you had on your board, you're gonna screw yourself over. Yeah, and, uh, so, and, you, and you mentioned drafting ETN before. Like, listen, and I've heard Pitts too. If if you draft a tight end or a running back, and you still have the holes the Jets do on the roster at the end of the first round, we're at serious issues. But um, Joe, we don't need to draft Pitts, man. We got Chris Herndon. The, pro- the yeah, right. The the thing the thing again. I don't want to lie. I'd be sick if we drafted ETN. 
Yeah, no, the thing is, like, listen, and I know people do want to address the offense, which which for sure needs to be addressed largely because of Lawrence coming in even more so than other years if you have an established quarterback. So I, th- I think you're right. I think they're going to really heavily target Tooney and Sheriff because obviously Joe Douglas is a is a big offensive line guy. I think they'll get another depth receiver. But you don't want to lock yourself into the draft saying we need to take receiver because if your receiver or your tackle, whoever you are on offense, is a, is a B-plus grade, but you have an A corner sitting there on your board, you're not going to skip on that because because how important are corners in the modern day NFL? How important are outside linebackers? You can't just skip on those guys because you need to take offense and, and reach to take a tight end or, or a running back or even a receiver who you're not in love with. So um, I think it's very possible that the Jets take an outside linebacker or corner this, with the first, second round pick. Now, I know people in the chat are probably saying, oh, well, what the hell? The Jets need offense. Yes, but again, if taking a B prospect over an A prospect because of position, um, that's that's it's, it's bad thinking. So ideally, do you have a receiver sitting there? A plus receiver yes but we don't know what's going to happen in the draft it's so hard to predict so i'm not going to say they won't draft this or they won't i would love to bring in alan robinson yeah alan robinson kenny galladay some some of those i'm i'm good with a lot of those i i really like robinson um, my my thought with robinson though is i know they're quite a little bit different but are you getting two guys with him and mims that kind of got similar skill sets they're both you know they really what's their biggest strength jump ball right so, you know, I'd like to have a receiver core that's a little bit more diversified. Yeah, but if you can so, get one of those guys, I'm not going to say no because I sure, I sure, sure, sure. So, and and usually your outside guys like they could do. I I think I think Robinson's a guy who could play Z. Like I don't think he's just an X guy. I I think Mims is more of an X guy. But then you have Crowder, who's a slot guy. So it's not like they have three big receivers, especially if you keep Crowder. I think obviously a core. Like, listen, if you want to next year, and you have, uh, Crowder, Mims. Robinson, and then you know you have uh, Perryman as a backup. That's someone solid receiving core. If you don't have Perryman, and you draft the guy in the third round, like that's a that's a solid core. So and uh, Chris Herndon, oh man, dude, yeah, right. Okay, uh, Assassin. Any, anything else to add? I definitely appreciate you calling uh, calling in. I'll, I'll remember that you did uh, next time. I've I've been arguing with Jets fans because they want to sign like Bud Dupree and stuff. He's just so over. I don't want to give big money to someone like that. I'd One year of production just got injured. Uh, I'm not going to pay that guy big yeah. money. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people no last way. year, a lot of people were all over Shaq Barrett. I'm like, why? For one year of production, so he comes to the Jets and has you know eight sacks, and you're paying him seventeen million dollars a year. You know, there's absolutely no way. Like, what has Shaq Barrett done this year? Same with like Judon. Yeah, Judon. Uh, Judon's a little bit better, but he's so old now. The, like the Smiths, the Smiths last year were were pretty overrated in my opinion too. With Zadarius and Preston, I know they did some good stuff with Green Bay, but I thought I still thought they got overpaid. So that's why people talk about, oh, well, you can't There's draft a-, a linebacker at the at the uh, second first round pick. But do you would you rather pay for overpay for a guy like a Judon in free agency? I, you know, Listen, sure. if you have a truly elite yeah, edge rusher, he will never hit play. free agency. If you have a really, really yeah. good edge rusher, he's not hitting free agency. Yeah, exactly. So for all the people who wanted to pay Shaq Barrett, right now with four games left in the season, he has six sacks. So that, that's the examples of like the one-year one. Or imagine Jadavion Clowney. Oh, my God. Well, that yeah, would have been people, awful. I know you listen to a lot of those streams, Assassin. It's like you you, you pay Javion Clowney for what? So he's gone next year. He takes all your money. He doesn't produce because he's not trying. And then in when you're trying to compete in 2022, he's not here. Like who cares about signing old guys like him or or Logan Ryan or whoever? So, um, but appreciate the call, Assassin. Again, hopefully you call in soon and uh, keep killing it in the in the chat. I know you're always in there. All right, good talking to you guys. 
Peace. All right. And we got one more uh, before we go into the uh, rest of the running back talk. And again, we'll run through the roster. Uh, might not be able to get through everything, Kyle, but it is what it is. Well, we have plenty of time in the offseason as well. Um, this caller is Bill, and they want to talk about a match and what your opinion is on here. So I don't know. Um, again, I love our call screening. But Hello. what's up, Bill? Hey, Bill. Yes. Am I on the YouTube. Wow, that's a say like obviously it's a it, that that's listen. If 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 you don't have anything better to do with your life than call on a talk show on YouTube with 100 streamers then you should probably get a life. <laughs> you know, that's just it's kind of sad that that's your enjoyment, but hey, what what are your thoughts on people who don't have a life, Kyle? Get one? Um yeah, pretty <laughs> much. All right, moving on. Um Perrine uh, we, I showed that one play. I thought he had some pretty good vision. Uh, Perrine finds hole. And I'm going to, I'm going to show some other ones where he doesn't, um, necessarily have the best vision. So I like, I like the fact that he is showing this stuff, especially in his last game that he, that he, that he played for the, for the jets, uh, tight inside zone split here. And again, this is, this is almost, this is almost harder to kind of break down because I'm not sure necessarily even how he knows his hole is, is on the backside unless he just guesses. Um, but the fact that he knows he's going to get clogged up here, obviously again, does a good job dropping his weight, turns the right foot, um, shows some good lateral ability, explodes through a hole. That's really not there. I don't, I don't think he sees it until the absolute last second. So good job by him recognizing the hole. Um, cutting backside and taking a run that could have been uh, what a, a one yard gain to a stuff to a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yard gain. Any lowers the shoulder at the end. So I, I definitely like that P, uh, P Ryan showing some of this stuff, you know, uh, later in the season. It's, it seems like he's developing a lot of guys. Like, listen, I wasn't very high on, on P Ryan um, in the beginning of the season, but I also said that, you know, kind of, st- I guess, st- uh, stipulated with the fact that he's a fourth round running back in his first year. Like let's not be too hard on the guy. And it seems like at least uh, in the, in the recent games, he's, he's bouncing back um, because of, you know, I got people were low on him because of plays like this, Kyle, where this is pretty much as bad as it gets. So what are your thoughts Ooh. on, I don't know if you remember this play and I don't know if you remember uh, or, or if you want to comment on the last play I just showed. Yeah. I like that last play in terms of the last play, you know, some of it's just a feel like if you've been playing running yeah. back, for your, I mean, listen, this guy, when he was in high school, is probably getting 30 to 40 carries every single game. And, you know, even in college, he had a lot of production too, in terms of, you know, being there for as long as he was. And sometimes it's just a feel for some things, you know, when yeah. you've been playing for that long, okay, obviously there's no hole here, but I felt I, I've gotten a <laughs> hole many times when I've tried this before in the past. So oh, some yeah. guys just, some guys who just kind of have a feel for it, like P Ryan, he didn't test very good at the combine. He's not overly athletic, but he's a baller. Like the, the reason why he got drafted in the fourth round is not because he's an elite athlete. It's because he's a football player. And sometimes with football players, they just, uh, they have a feel for certain things. So I, I, I kind of attribute that last run to that. But yeah, this, this one was pretty bad right here, but again, yeah. Remember, he didn't have any preseason, you know, didn't really play uh, yeah, in the beginning like, of the with season this, with this, with this play, another like tight zone split. My problem with this play is you're reading, you're reading leverages. He has leverage. He has leverage. He has leverage play side. And the reason he cuts this run back is because there's bad awareness. Like, um, obviously he's, he's the sifter, the split blocker, this linebacker who is, does a bad job or, or it looks like actually a DB, the DB who's in man coverage is following Herndon. And that's the reason I, it looks like that P Ryan cuts back when this was a wide open hole because 
and he cut again, cut back because of him following Herndon right here. So yeah. again, hitting this hole, he has leverage, leverage, leverage. So you want to hit this a gap and he needs to recognize again, just not even based on the red flash. Look at his hips. If you're reading that guy, he's not filling a gap. He's clearly following Herndon. So like these are, and I know it happens quicker. Um, it happens really quick on a football field, but you're a professional athlete. You need to notice these things. So now he cuts it back to a run that could have been easily, you know, two, three, four, five, six yards. And he cuts it back right to the backside where there's multiple chiefs defenders waiting for him. So those are the things earlier in the season that we, that we were seeing. I think uh, maybe later in the season, he hits this, maybe in a, if he's playing like he did in the Chargers game, he, he would have hit this, but this is an example of, of the really bad stuff uh, that we've seen on film from him. Yeah. Um, Ty Johnson, I'm going to bring it up because, because the one play, the one play I had of him, um, Miami, it, it was a yeah, like the 25 yard run. Uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't, uh, somebody's going off about Donald in here. Flo is, uh, I, 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 I don't know, uh, throws to cover Mims. Nice throw. Uh, there's a, there's a bunch of crazy comments now. We're getting, we're getting two, two hours deep. There's a bunch of crazy stuff in there. Um, Why, the guess, people, people are fighting over Donald. Like they're, they got the Donald stands in there. There's, there's a Donald standard too. I think, I think he's, I think he's gone. Uh, Ty Johnson can be the starter next year. Who cares? No, I, I think running, somebody asked if they, we would take Najee Harris in the second round. Uh, again, the one thing I do want to preface this set, you know, when I answer these questions is I haven't watched a ton of film on these guys and I like to comment when I know, but do I want a running back in the second round based on all the jets, the jets needs they have? No. Now, if Najee Harris is sitting there, Again, considering where where he's at or where they are on their draft boards, if he's an A grade and there's an outside linebacker who's a B minus, C plus, maybe you take Harris. But I'd rather stick, a, you know, uh, stay away from running backs uh, in the first two three rounds. To be completely honest, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, well, I mean, taking even taking a, one one thing that I saw a lot of people uh, saying about Barkley was. You know, the thing about Barkley's fit, because because he was taken second overall, his fifth year option is going to be a huge number, which was like way above the running back market rate. So that's one of the big problems with taking a running back early. If we're taking him late in the first round, okay, maybe. But in the second round, I guess it's acceptable. But I don't know, man. With that first pick in the second round, you can get a lot of really quality players there. So. I don't know if I want to go running back because and, you see, you see guys produce every year. Like this guy from the Redskins, I think he just got hurt in this game against the Steelers tonight, but he had a great game against the Cowboys last week. Where did they draft him? What round was that? I mean, Gibson it's Gibson, right? I think, he yeah, like a, I think he's like a fourth or a fifth round pick. I mean, every year you can get guys in later rounds to produce. I know. You know what, man, if P Ryan stayed healthy and P Ryan was on, you know, the Browns with Where's that this? offensive line and that running game right now. Well, dude, like you said, listen, Zeke's been struggling because the, the Cowboys are banged up. Saquon Barkley struggling because the Giants don't have a good offensive line. The offensive line makes the running back. And now, yeah, the running back could have some special traits like a Zeke or um, like a Bell or whoever it might have been, you know, good running backs in the past. And that Bell's not good anymore, but um, who could who could make a, a four-yard run, a five-yard run, or take it to the house or have really good pass protection or have really good routes, like things like that. But in terms of the running back position, 90% of their production comes because of offensive linemen, like an average running back. Obviously, if you're terrible, if you're Trent Richardson, then that's and not scheme. the scheme. And scheme, but like it's 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 largely dependent on other positions. So you can't you can't just I'm not taking that. Um, what's this? Seventeen, seventeen, nice. Uh, that's that's brutal. I, I have them. In, I know I know you're not a betting man, Kyle, but I I have them in 
I think two parlays, and I think I have the Steelers plus four or minus four and a half. So I would like to see the Steelers, uh, you know, score this touchdown right here. But let's get into some Mims, I guess. You want to do some Mims? Maybe we'll do uh, offensive or offense stuff, and then we'll get into defense like the next show that we do or, or something like sure, that. Sure. Um, just because. Put it, plenty of off season to talk about stuff. Now, thoughts on Mims uh, so far? Obviously, you, you know you know my thoughts if you follow the show at all. But Kyle, what are your thoughts on how he's been playing his first what five six weeks? I think. Yeah, so we we were, we love the pick. I mean, almost universally, Jets fans love the pick, and he's kind of what we expected him to be. It's just a shame that this is he's playing with this quarterback right now, and he's playing in this offense right now. And that he missed so much. I mean, I'm actually kind of grateful that he missed some of the season early because who knows, maybe we win that Broncos game Mm -hmm. if he's in there, you know, who the hell knows? I don't know. Uh, But yeah, man, this, this kid, he's going to be. Again. And and it's the little things I like. Um, I don't want to break down the whole play again. I'm not wasting my time with, with all that just to, just for time's sake, but the little things he's been doing at the top of the routes when, he, when he's when he's working to the ball have been really impressive. Like that, this little hand, the little hand, the little push off right here at the top is a really nice like wrinkle because a lot of guys, like especially rookies, they're thinking too much. They're um, they're trying to. Um, oh, Kyle! Kyle said his computer crashed, so he's he's completely frozen. I thought he was just really intentively watching what I'm what I'm doing. Hopefully, he gets back on. Um, in two seconds, if not, I'll, I'll go through some of the film, I guess, with you guys, uh, love from a Patriots fan, Jin Ichimaru. Uh, listen, I, I, a lot of people hate Patriots fans cause they're cocky and things like that. If you, if the jets were as good as the Patriots were the last year, we'd be unbearable. So when they're a little bit cocky, I, I, I can't hate them. Um, my, my real hate for dolphins fans. I, I don't, I don't like dolphins fans for the most part. I think they're super cocky when they don't have a lot to be cocky about. Obviously this year they have, they have more than the jets do. Um, but I am not, uh, somebody asked, uh, Joe, who's your favorite interior offensive lineman in the draft? Trey Smith, Wyatt Davis, Creed Humphrey. Um, the th- again, so I like obviously the idea of an interior offensive lineman with the with the second pick, whether that be you know 21, 22, 23, whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, I, I like to to comment on I don't like to comment guys too heavily because I think you know for some of the people who watch this, they 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 respect my opinion. So I want to say, oh well, you know, I really like Wyatt Davis and I watch his film, like eh, this guy kind of sucks. So I am I am kind of going to hold back my opinions on those guys until I watch them. Will I have breakdowns of guys like Wyatt Davis and Trey Smith and, and, you know, and Lawrence and all these guys and receivers um, in the, in the off season, up to the draft. Yes, I will. So that's where you get my real opinion. Do I like the idea of an interior lineman um, with a second pick? Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the most important positions you could possibly have. So, um, but let me try. Sorry. I'm trying to see if, I don't know if Kyle's calling back or not. Um, no, it looks like his computer still crashed. So maybe he'll call back in. Maybe he will not, but moving on to some of the other, the MIM stuff, I'm going to run through this quickly. Uh, try to read some, some, would y'all rather take Creed Humphrey or Wyatt Davis? Somebody asked that uh, to other people again, do people really know, like other than people typing in a YouTube highlight and seeing five minutes of him pancaking guys, do you really know what he is on a snap to snap basis? Do you know what, um, techniques he's using. Do you know what he should be doing versus not doing? Do you know how he takes on combo blocks? Do you know how, why he loses? Is what he is how he 
loses fixable. You know, there's so many things that you could, that you have to look at guys like, you know, Andrew Thomas, you can make a huge highlight film of him, but then I watched the film and I'm like, I think he's limited to the point where he could be an average guy, but he's never going to be an above at or, or a really great player. And that was why I didn't want to take an Andrew Thomas because I felt he had a limited ceiling and I felt like, you know, the Jets zone system, which is a lot of, you know, mid zone, outside zone, inside zone, but zone in general, you need more athletic linemen. So I didn't feel like he was the best fit for the Jets offense. So do people talk about that when they watch an Andrew Tom, a Thomas highlight tape of him burying guys into the ground? No, not really. So I, I like to watch the film first before I really comment on things, um, you know, too strongly. So, uh, you know, interior offensive linemen, sure. Will I have a much stronger opinion for you in, in, a, in you know, a month or two when I, when I watch some guys? And yeah, for sure. Um, Donald is the biggest bust in team history though. Nice, nice guys, big time sluggard, the kind of dude who says, pull my finger during dinner. I don't think Donald's that guy at all. I think we're attacking his character now, which I don't think is necessarily right. I think he's actually a really good dude. Um, interior offensive lineman in the past, especially, oh yeah. Okay. So moving on to some of the other impressive things, um, from, from Mims, let me pull up another play or two here, uh, of Mims. And this is some of the, this is one of the arguments I had. I just want to pull up this play in terms of the, to bring up the yak conversation of Mims. Um, people talk about that. He didn't have, he, he wasn't a yak guy. Um, okay. Kyle's back in. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me just, uh, see this. That's what I was looking at my phone. I'm sorry for being distracted. And Kyle should be admitted. I am so sorry that that happened. No, it's okay. Do you have your? You have to turn your uh your video back Camera. on. Camera. Yeah, I'm coming, coming. Yeah, man. I got, I got three computers, man. I swear, like <laughs> this one. This one I use. This one for doing this type of stuff because I can plug. I actually have a port to plug. Uh, the uh, ethernet cable into my router so it makes the connection a little bit more stable yeah but it crashes sometimes because it's a freaking school computer so i'm sorry about that no it's okay i was talking about um somebody was asking about interior offensive lineman like wyatt davis versus this guy versus that guy i just said in general i like the idea of an offensive lineman late with the late first round pick depending on what to do in free agency but overall you'll get a much stronger opinion from me pretty much <laughs> That's that's what, that's what I said. Like, I don't like to comment on guys because said you don't know what scheme they're in. You know, I commented on my my thoughts on Andrew Thomas, where you could type in an Andrew Thomas highlight tape on YouTube and see him burying guys. But then you're not going to get the conversation I had with people where I thought he was limited athletically. He was he was laboring to get back in his past sets first college guys. And I thought he had a limited ceiling. So like there's and, and but Joe, he had great PFF think. stats. He had great, he had, yeah, and he buried guys. Look at him on this down block. That's so great. Like, okay, but why is he struggling to get back in a pass set versus, versus a guy from a division two or division one or division two school or whatever? You know, it's like, it's that's, that's a problem. So I didn't want the Jets to take him. And that's why he's my fourth tackle. But you're not going to get that from a YouTube pilot or going on Twitter and seeing some guy who doesn't know football say, oh, yeah, this guy is great. Yeah, cool. Like, why? You know, why is he bad? Can he improve on his problems? That's that's a big thing, too. If you're limited athletically, it's kind of hard to fix that. You know, like where's Becton? Becton has some technical flaws, but things that could be fixed. And the thing I want to bring up, and that's kind of kind of in in step with what I was just saying there, Kyle, is you hear a lot of things about people with no context to why or film to back it up. And what was the one thing he heard about Mims at Baylor? Oh, well, he's not a yak guy. Well, tell me why he's not a yak guy, Kyle. Maybe because he had the second most contested catches in the nation, and he ran, he ran, he ran a bunch of fade routes. You show me a lot of receivers who get who get yak off of fades. 
versus guys like CeeDee Lamb who are wide open, breaking across the middle with nobody 10 yards around him, and he runs for, for 50 yards with nobody touching him. So there's a big difference between the systems and why they got yak. So Mims yep. is a yak guy. He could definitely get yak. It's it's undoubtable because he's strong and he freaking he, he plays um with his hair on fire. Like he he has he's he's a good blocker, he's strong. He, he has the want to, so he is a yak guy. Um, so you pretty much see, you've that. pretty much seen it every week that he's been playing. And by the way, those of you guys that are new to Joe's stuff, this is a point that Joe made in his pre-draft analysis of Mims. This is not something that Joe is originally uh, is saying now, and he's clamoring. You know, th- he's been making this point for many, many, many months. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Same thing yeah. with Thomas. Like Thomas is the is the guy who's struggling the most right now. And if you watch the channel, if you watch my Andrew Thomas breakdown, I, I think you could expect that to a certain extent because he's limited. That's just it, it is what it is. He is so going on YouTube and you know I could put up a five minute film breakdown of him right now, just showing the good stuff. Um, like uh, you know the 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 Smaldies out there, the guy who runs with Smaldies, who put up five minute highlight tapes and talk about how great people are. It, it doesn't give people a real perception of what people are, and that's why it's kind of frustrating. With especially when people you you hear refer to that the, these people being such great film guys, like you see a bunch of guys with a hundred thousand followers on Twitter put up a, put up a breakdown. And it says, "Oh, really good down block." It's like, thanks, bro. Like I, you know, that was really great analysis. You know, so like you see a lot of that. So I, like I said, be careful. The people I always I always say that to uh, to people. Um, top right here. So something I, I think he needs to work on overall um, are his releases, but this is one of the plays where I think somebody asked me last week, I think I was on the jets talk 24 seven stream. And somebody asked me, Oh, are, are there any plays where he wins where he's not targeted? Of course. Uh, this is a good example of one. Um, what would you say his favorite kind of re- his favorite slash best kind of releases? My pr- he's, he's, he's using split releases or get evens, um, which are fine but they have to be in 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 the right situation like he he too often he's almost speed releasing where he gets his feet even which again is a get even you have split releases we're going to bring the front the front foot back to the to the back foot or um or split it and the reason for split releases is typically if a guy is in strong press and you think he's in a strong press so you kind of step back you're making him reach into to that punch and then he's off balance you defeat the hands and you run um he uses those type of releases too often when guys are playing off which isn't really going to threaten their hips or, or kind of um, you know, f up their balance basically, and then he's letting guys stack them. And that's why you see so many con- contested catches. But I wouldn't be overly concerned with Mims in terms of his releases, just because he's a young guy. Everything's happening fast right now. Because if you watch the film breakdown I did of him at Baylor, um, especially the Senior Bowl, he dominated with his releases, absolutely dominated. And I did that with a former D- NFL DB who also thought he dominated. So um, I think he needs to learn some. Um, and Mar- Marcus's comparison recently. Saying that Mims had a who upside, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones, and you made the pre-draft comparison of AJ Green, right? Yeah, AJ Green was my my pre-draft. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I I think it, dude, like the 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 lankiness he has, the explosion in short areas. I want to show. I'm gonna show a play in a little bit. That remember, I don't know if you watch that breakdown, Kyle, of of Mims, but do you remember oh, yeah, the play yeah, I, I talked? The way I, the play I talked about was like a hitch, and he ran the hitch with really bad technique, but overall he got out of the break really, really quickly. I have another yeah. play I think about against uh, whatever game it was. Maybe it's the Patriots game where I have a play of him again, not good technique, but getting out of the break pretty damn quickly. So, um, this is this is another 
this is a play where again it's it's almost like a it's it's a split release but it's not a great split, a split release because he's bringing his foot kind of outwards and not backwards and again you don't really want to do this especially when the guy is is, a, is about a yard off so i don't love this release in terms of his footwork right here but i do like the foot fire right there there's just a one two step and then he, he uses a uh a uh, a rocker step plant off to the right almost like a crossover people call it a crossover too but i call it i call it a rocker the right to the left with the head fake Defeat the hands, double swipe, wins deep. I don't know if you consider this a win in the NFL, Kyle, oh, but yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. And he's in not the NFL? Obviously, you know, again, he gets, Plus, gets pressure this, off the left side, but this, this is a win. This safety's hanging in. This safety's hanging, looking inside. Listen, Flacco throws this ball. I'm not saying Mims catches <laughs> it and goes the distance. I mean, if it's a perfect throw where he really leads Mims and Mims can catch it in stride. Yeah, maybe I, I doubt it, but mm -hmm. that could be a big catch right there at the very least. Yeah. Um. Oh, this the next play is literally what I was talking about. The stop with the bad techniques. I, I do want to show that. And this is kind of why I say that he has the comparisons of those guys. Uh, freak athletes, tall, lanky, catch radius, route running ability, really good releases. Like that's I don't think he's Julio because I don't think he's as much of a freak as Julio is. Like Julio is a freak freak. Like Mims is, mm -hmm. is a freak, but not as much of a freak as Julio is. So I don't think he could be Julio, but. Listen, yeah. if I told, and again, obviously every single person in this chat is going to take uh, AJ Green. Um, but if, if, if he is that, AJ Green was a top five receiver for how many years, Kyle? So close to a decade. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very, very good receiver. And he's on the top right here. It's another example of, um, again, I want you people to watch it just in full speed. And uh, I'll go to the chat really quickly just to see if anybody's commenting on a, on a bunch of stuff. I don't know if people uh, bailed once the film come on. Okay, good. Still 84 people in here. So people don't hate the, uh, the, the film breakdowns. Again, this is, uh, th uh, this is more of what I do. This, these are quicker reviews than I typically do, but this is, this is it. Uh, I was just about to say that. Yeah, this, so he's on the top right here. So I just, again, only thing I want you to watch right now is the speed of the break. Um, which again, you'd say pretty solid break, right? Um, now these are things that might be highlighted on Twitter. Oh, he catches the ball and look and, and look how quickly he breaked. But the things I want to highlight here is one, the drive phase, which I, which I absolutely love one. He, he stems towards a guy a little bit and gets inside, which I, I, I like that, uh, that aggressive step towards him just to keep him outside leverage and, and really not contest the stem. Um, next thing, the drive phase, I don't, I don't know about you, Kyle, but looking at his shoulders right now. And his head down, you're expecting him to go deep, correct? Which a lot of guys, their 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 shoulders come up before their break, and they're not really selling deep. So you really want to sell that drive phase. The one thing that Julio Jones is really really good at, he's yeah, Stephen Hill would be up like a statue right now. He sell, yeah, he sells. And by the way, by the way, my brother is like, oh, I don't know, Denzel Mims combine kind of looks like Stephen Hills. Okay, yeah, well, that's false. But <laughs> yeah, he. So the thing that Julio Jones does is he's really good at at showing you. 100%, but he's really running 90% with high knees and you really want to sell the drive phase. If your shoulders are up right here, the the, the safety, um, whoever is going to collapse on you a little bit um, because now he's thinking he's running deep. Um, and again, sells deep the entire way. Now, the, this is good. The drive phase is good. So he is giving full, full effort. Again, his, his shoulders are coming high. The one thing I do not like is the break in terms of the stop yeah. step. Right here, you see that I always talk about the lunge into the step. See how he's lunging? That kind of looks like Lawrence Cager right there. 
Yeah. You don't want to lunge into the step because you're now your momentum is going forwards. It's not going down. You really want to throw your body into the ground, not jump into the step. Uh, again, if you stick around for a lot of the film breakdowns, you'll see what I mean in terms of guys really throwing enough themselves into the ground. So he lunges into the break and now we see him not commit fully to the break one stop step, two stop steps, and then he breaks. You want to see him really be completely, uh, with his chest over his knees, really condensed. You don't want to see guys. If it looks like they're sitting in a chair, it's not a good break. And he's sitting, he's sitting in a chair right here. It means he's sitting back. So he's leaning out of his, out of his steps. So his, his feet are trying to step into the ground while he's leaning backwards. So you're kind of fighting your own momentum. So I want to see him really commit to his stop steps and he starts to look out of his break before, um, his feet get you know out of it. So he's looking at his break early. He's sitting back. He's not committing to the break and it's still, a good break and he catches the ball. Now, now it's not a contested catch or anything like that he catches it with his body, but if you were just to watch it, okay, great break. Now, if you take the technique that I'm talking about and he commits to his two stop steps, um, if his eyes aren't out too early, if you know, all of these things, then it's a, an elite break. So these are things I'm really, really excited about with Mims, but uh, any, any comments, Kyle, again, really good drive phase, not, but not the best break in terms of technique, but still a pretty damn good break for a guy who's six, three, two fifteen. Yeah, and even if the break is a little bit is a little bit better, maybe the quarterback decides to release the ball a little bit earlier, and then he catches it, and then can maybe make a little bit run after the catch. So it just goes to show that those little things do matter. But the point that you're really trying to highlight, I believe, is that you're seeing many promising things there, and he's still a young player. And if he refines some of these other little things, that's when you're starting to put him in the elite conversation. Oh right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, if you can make a, if you can make a good break with bad technique, imagine what that break would be with good technique. Like not even elite technique, but good technique. So that's what I'm really, really excited about in terms of him being a freak. And that's why I'm gonna hear people talk about, oh, he's not a yak guy. Uh, you know, he's he he's a good number two. Like like why do we see a guy for five games and he's playing root or four or five, whatever six, and he's playing really well. Sometimes not get targeted. Um, you know, throws in the double team and people say, oh, he could be a good number two. Is it like, is it, is it Jets fans kind of like hesitancy or hesitancy to, to think they have a good player? Like, is that what it is? Or do people just not know what they're watching? Because what has Mim showed you in the last five weeks, almost like, you know, lunging over guys back and making contested catches and these push-offs and, and, you know, fingertip catches and yak and all this stuff. And, it, oh, he's a number two. Like, why? What, what does that come from, Kyle? You know? Yeah, I keep hearing the, the number two thing as well. And, again, this is, my brother said that as well. He, he'd be a number two. I, 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 don't, I, I don't quite get it at all. I don't quite get it at all. That, that talk. With Jets fans specifically, it might be that they're just so jaded by the, the horrible offense that we've had for so long that they don't think that we could possibly have a good number one player that everyone has on their fantasy roster that everyone wants to draft in like the first two yeah, round yeah. could be something like that. But uh, I'll tell you what, it's really not based in actual film study because when you watch no. this, this kid's got lots of true wide receiver one traits. I mean, we're just talking about contested ball skills right, right um, here, Kyle, you could you, this is, this is easy enough. One, like, like freaking just, just the fact that he's holding, that he's holding the line right here. And then as he knows, he's going to break the ball, the timing of the break with his hand, which is in, which was in the DB's shoulder, pushing off to, to make himself room on the sideline and catching the ball. Like that's his little stuff that receivers don't like, there's a receivers who just cannot do this. And then at that point, you know, it's contested ball and maybe they drop it. But the fact that he has like the ability and the smarts already in, in his young career 
to to pair the break to the ball, time the ball with a push off to catch it is is awesome. Yeah, and the push off is kind of subtle here, which mm-hmm. you know you can get away with that. Uh, if it's too blatant, you know you really extend the arm, you really kind of lean into the push, it's going to get called. But you know you you can work with that. Yeah, yeah you need it. You need it. You need to be a little pushy sometimes. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has made a living doing that. Oh yeah, and he's he's super physical. Where I I think like uh, Mims in terms of like athletic ability, uh, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is more <laughs> physical than Mims. But in terms of uh, being able to break quickly and things like that, I think Mims is more of a, of a freak than he is because yeah, Hopkins Mim- is, is is he's strong, but he's not he's not Julio Jones. No, not at all. And Mims is what four three eight, and DeAndre Hopkins is four five seven. So that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, again with the bottom, I don't, I don't want to over, like over, um, analyze in terms of like him pushing off. But another situation to the bottom of the screen where he has really good timing in terms of pushing off, planting, high pointing the ball, attacking the ball. Like, this is sexy, man. Th- like obviously being stacked tracking the ball and again and just the, the timing of, of planting right there with the right foot pushing off and then high pointing it with good technique too he doesn't have bad technique like herndon does with his with his freaking hands that are like one's forward and one sideways trying to catch the ball like he has good technique um really really good for mims right there too i have a couple more plays of him if you want if you want if not i can move on from mims oh yeah no i i like mims man and, and we're talking about the future i think pretty i'm actually quite surprised just from seeing how fans have been in recent years. Like I I've been pro tank for several seasons. Like I was pro tank, mm-hmm. it, you know, 2017 season. Cause it was the 2018 quarterback class was supposed to be so good. Um, but there were so many fans that season that weren't pro tank, but it, I'm from what I'm seeing and maybe I'm just following better people this time around. It seems that most fans are actually pro tank this year, a lot more than in previous years. So, you know, we're, we're talking about the future right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, bottom of the screen, this is a, this is one of those stretch releases, um, which is literally just a hard stab to a hard stab to the outside, which is almost like a game. Who's covering him right here? Uh, is this Hayward 43. So no, I don't know. Hayward's in the twenties, right? Uh, I don't know. Really aggressive stretch. Obviously, if you're a DB right now, you're getting sold that he's running to the outside with, with both of his hips and his body language. So really good, um, stretch release. Pairs it with a uh, club from the right arm mm-hmm. to continue the DB where he's going. Clears himself with the left arm. So club clears himself just just if there's like a containment punch or like a slingshot technique from the from the DB to try to get back in and inside of him or just back in, you know, in phase. Clears himself, wins deep. And now, listen, would this be hard throw for any quarterback? Yes, but in the NFL, if he, if he leads him and he's throwing him the inside shoulder, or I mean, inside shoulder was right over his head instead of instead of so far outside. Could he have caught this ball? Um, maybe. So I'm going to consider this a, a a deep win for Mims that he was uh, missed on. Yeah, and and if this is a single high safety too, like where the 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 safety is more in the middle of the field. Yeah, you can you can hang that ball inside, and and Mims has got a shot at it, kind of deep over the middle, kind of like when Par- with on that on that touchdown that Perriman caught against the Patriots. You know. Yeah, kind of look like that. I'll do. Um, let's see. I got four more of Mims, just in terms of like his his technique and some of the things that he does, and some of them are pretty simple. Uh, like this, the play from the Dolphins game that that I have, 
the the fact that he catches the ball like he does, like the, the importance of high pointing the ball too is to, to box guys out. I don't necessarily love the route from him right here. It's it's not the best break. It's pretty rounded. Um, so he does have to work on that where he starts to cut at the you know the thirty six yard line. Uh, 37 yard line and rounds it out all the way to the to the 44 um, and he might be drifting a little bit to target the ball but in general it's a, it's a little bit of a rounded break but him catching the ball like he does is exactly for this reason if he's in front of you and he's attacking the ball with how long his arms are you're not going to get to the ball there's just absolutely no way so he boxes these guys out because if, if, if you're going to body catch it, if you're going to let the ball come to you, um, that's obviously when DBs can get their hands in. They could, they could, they could uh, obviously punch their arm through where you're catching the ball. You try to pull it back in. You know, the ball gets uh, hit out by their hand, like so many things that DBs are trained to do. Uh, but when you catch the ball like this, how are you going to play that ball? There's literally no way. And, unless you're Mr. Fantastic and your arms can stretch out five feet longer than they really are. You know, so fantastic catch by him right there. So, um, by the way, really you know how my dad loved, I told my dad, your line. I said, you know how people say, I was like, dad, you know how we were watching football on Thanksgiving. I was like, dad, you know how people uh, love to say football is a game of inches. I was like, my buddy who I do the YouTube live with says it's a game of millimeters. And I was like, and if you think about it, how close things are, he's like, yeah, that's a really good point. So he, <laughs> he loved that. But seriously, when you think about it, like, the difference between someone extending their arms versus kind of waiting for the ball to come makes all the difference on a play like that. Well, that's why inches matter in terms of like looking at guys arm length, like whatever it may be, you know, corners, receivers, offensive linemen, 30, like what's, what's a 35 inch arm versus a 33 inch arm. Like we're talking about like right? eh, kind yeah. of short versus long. It's two inches because mm -hmm. it's a game of inches, but really millimeters. It really is. Um, yeah, and by the way, uh, not to keep bringing up uh, former Jets and current Jets and lackluster Jets, mm -hmm. but just watching that that really rounded, terrible route that he just ran right there, which was ugly, reminded me of watching Cager's film and the Cager film breakdown that you did because you saw a lot of that with him. Yeah. And, and by the way, just to go back to the Stephen Hill comparison, yes, I'm calling you out, my brother, if you are going to watch this at all. No, you would never see Stephen Hill go out and grab a ball like that. Never. No, not a chance in hell. He he literally caught everything with his chest. Um, and again, there are some uh, like these plays like he almost made like the, in terms of like his releases. There are some things obviously he he, he needs to work on. There's a, there's a lot of false steps right here with, with his footwork. He's really not doing anything. This whole this whole motion that he has on the bottom of the screen is a completely wasted motion. Um, so you want to see him obviously. Uh, you want to see him have a little bit more tighter feet when you're, when you're that wide like that, it's not conducive to getting out of a break fast or breaking fast. So um, wasted movement is not ready for the hands. He gets jammed, gets completely stacked um, by one of the best corners in the NFL gets uh, he squeezed him to the sideline and then Mims, you know, has to play DB here and almost makes a ridiculous catch, but he doesn't. That would have been something, man. That one and the one and the one later in the game. I don't know if I have. I know I have it. I don't know if I have it. I don't know if I have it queued By up. By the way, while while, it, while you look for that, if you are looking for that, no, I don't think so. How how could you think he could avoid that wasted movement just by having a better stance? Yeah, better stance. You don't. If you're, your feet are too wide. Um, you're kind of never going to be in a spot where you're like over your knees, like in a, in a sprint, in a sprinter stance, they're really condensed over their knee. Um, their feet aren't too, aren't too wide. Like you kind of, it, it's, it's just more of the stance. I don't know how to explain body mechanics, but your feet are really wide, you know, try to break, you know, it's, it's impossible. Like do a split and then try to move laterally or try to leap forward with your, with your legs as far stretched out as they can be. Like you want them um, more tight. Like this, this is a little bit more tight than the last one, uh, I believe, but. He, he does need to fix it. He needs to be a little bit more 
um, condensed and ready. Like here, this is a little bit wasted too. Yeah. But this is the catch I was talking about just in terms of, or the, the year catch I'm talking about. I'm not even breaking down any film right here. Um, he obviously does win deep, but the, the, the uh, DB plays in trail. Oh, actually, let me see. This is another stretch release. Gets inside. Hands were precautionary. He had him up though. Safety rolls and almost. I on, let me see. Let me see if I have the uh, the actual film of it. Like this, he, I think in a year or in a couple games, he's gonna make these type of catches. Like he really is. He was so close here too, and it looks like he jumps. He's 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 trying a to little, the ball a little, a little too, too early, early with the jump. Little too early, but these are like catches. He's gonna if he time if he because. By the time the ball gets to him, he's already starting to fall down. So if he jumps just a little bit later, he'll the ball will arrive to him by the time he's hitting the peak of his jump. I think it's almost because he's running and and he's ex- obviously he wants to jump because he knows it's going to be contested. So he kind of he kind of jumps to put himself in position, but like he like yeah. he literally floats in the air right here. Yeah. <laughs> like by the way, I think I think twenty eight is Bobby McCain, who's for whatever reason he played safety in this game. He's a slot corner. Usually, McCain, yeah, it is McCain. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe they're banged up in this in the safety position. I, I don't know. Um, moving on to the next receiver. Thoughts on Perriman? I know you. I know you watched that review. Um, yeah, I like Perriman. I think I think Jets fans are starting to shut up a little bit. But man, they were slamming this guy early in the season. Oh, he's not Robbie Anderson. Blah blah blah. Yes, we knew about the injuries, and that was definitely a risk that Joe Douglas took. Uh, you know, signing a player with the injury history that he did. But I think when both players are healthy, they're certainly very comparable in terms of what they bring to an offense. Um, they have film on Trev already. Oh, yeah. Terry, I see Terry in the chat saying, uh, can you guys do the same video on Trevor Lawrence? Um, I will 100% be doing it. I know I will have. We're talking, we're talking pre-show. If we are a number one position to draft uh, – Lawrence, I am going to have over a hundred play review of him. So I will guarantee that. <laughs> so, uh, I, again, we'll, I know Kyle will comment on some questions, but I do a show every single week or mostly weekly. Um, and you will have plenty of film on, on Trevor Lawrence. And by the way, let me redeem myself, Joe. If you guys want to get the full breakdowns, if you want to get the hundred plus plays that Joe is talking about in his detailed analysis on all that, jetsxfactor.com subscription you'll get some of it on youtube but you won't get the whole thing so you got to go to jetsxfactor.com if you want the whole thing and trust me it's worth it even though kyle doesn't watch (laughs) just no just no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding um yeah perryman is a guy who again uh and i i think i don't think we're gonna get to the offensive line so we're gonna we're gonna break up the film the film breakdowns of some of these guys in, in the future we will get to um, somebody asked our opinion, uh, evaluation of Bryce Hall versus expectation when we drafted him. I really liked Hall coming out. Marcus, when I did the review with him, really liked Hall coming out. Uh, he was drafted so low because he, um, because he was injured. But in terms of him getting beat and stuff like that, he's getting beat versus Mike Williams. He's getting beat versus uh, Devontae Parker. Allen. He's getting beat versus Devontae Parker. He's getting beat by Darren Waller. And the difference between him getting beat and how Austin's getting beat, how all these other guys are getting beat. Um, actually, Kyle, we'll, you know, that's okay. Actually, do you want to do, we'll, we'll want to stop here and talk some topics and we'll get into all these other guys later. In, in whatever, the whatever uh, I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Um, just you, know, I got, you know, I was really pissed that as soon as we started the film, which is, a little bit more exciting for me, I would say. Uh, 
I, I like everything. I like interacting with the people and stuff. Yeah. But I'm so pissed that my computer started to crash basically almost as soon as we got into the film. And it's I'm like worried that that's going to happen again. But I, I, hopefully it won't. It didn't happen last time. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stop it there. Now, let's because I want to go through the rest of the roster without going. Sure, through, sure. Um, let's just do quick, it. Just just quick, just quick, like lightning round thoughts on these guys because um, people are asking some questions about some of the other guys. Um, but we'll we'll wait for Hall Perryman. Really liked him. Uh, I liked his film a lot with the Buccaneers. I there's a lot of rumors about him in terms of again, this is what I do all the time. It's the film breakdowns, it's the free agents, it's the draft picks. I, I had I had film on every single draft pick last year. So if you want, other than Braden Man, so that's a lie. But if you want to watch the breakdowns and hear me talk about them, instead of just hearing, you know, uh, okay, the baldy stuff. I'll get to that really quick. That annoys the shit out of me. Wait, it, what it really rumors does. were you talking about? You said rumors. The rumors. It's what I'm confused now. All right, never mind. Never mind. Just go to Baldy. Yeah, no. I must, the, I must have heard the, the you. Room, uh, I forgot the room. Oh, oh, sorry. With the Perryman. I, I go in a thousand different directions. The, the Perryman stuff was, oh, well, he was only good his last five games. Oh, that's the only time he produced. If you watch the film, if you watch the film breakdown, again, you don't have to do it with everybody. I, don't, I know you might not care about, you know, Blake Cashman in the fifth round, but if, you, if Perryman's a big signing, I said Perryman's getting open in the first 10 weeks of the season, but he's not being targeted because he has guys like Godwin, like OJ Howard, like Mike Evans. So here's a play of him burning Darius Slay for what could have been an 80 yard touchdown because he created five yards of separation on him, but he wasn't targeted, but you don't hear people mm. talk about that because they go on Google, they hit in stats and they see the stats or they listen to the common uh, storylines on Twitter. Film is so much more important than all that stuff. It really is because he's winning and he's winning with the Jets. And Marcus, jo Marcus joined you a lot for your Paramin breakdown, didn't he? Yeah. And by the way, that one is on YouTube, the whole thing for free. Yeah. And in my personal opinion, that's one of the more entertaining like breakdowns that Joe did. You guys owe it to yourself to watch Paramin, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Really go, he, go and watch it. He was dude. Like I liked his film. And uh, the problem with him is, is it's not his, it's not, um, sorry. Uh, we have a caller. We'll get on the caller in a, in a second. Uh, But well, yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go to you in a second. But yeah, Perryman. You want to like, you want to talk about the ways he wins because he he really only has that one like kind of skip release that really the, works. The, the, really the hop step. The hop step. Yeah. The hop step. The yeah. The hop step. The he he uses a skip a little bit sometimes to like walk it up on guys. So I I do think that in terms of his film, he does need to uh, verify or, or add variety, not verify, add variety to his releases. But in terms of like his body control, his speed, do you, his, but do you think his, that at this point in his career that that not. is okay, but he wins enough, like the Patriots game, he could have had, what was that? He could have had three touchdowns. One, he dropped one Flacco threw him short. So drew a pass interference by the five yard line. One, he actually won the next week versus the, versus the chargers. He was missed deep. Um, I think he could have had two touchdowns that game. So you're looking at like a two week stretch where he could have had easily had five touchdowns, but one, he dropped one, uh, two of them, he was not targeted or, or overthrown or underthrown. So um, Perryman is better than some people think he is. Yes. Uh, and I like him. So if you can resign him to a, let's say six mil, $6 million base contract with, okay, now you get $200,000 every game. You're healthy. Um, having him as your four is one of the best fours in the NFL. If, if he's healthy, because he is, I think he's a decent starter. Like if you have if you have Perryman as your number two and he's healthy every week, I think he's decent. So yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like, yo, if this guy could stay healthy, he's in the right offense and stuff. He could be a legit too. Could. 
Yeah, for sure. Like just to play, uh, we again, where, where's the where's the catch? And, and those now? are some big ifs, no doubt. There are some big ifs, which is why I want to sign don't to tra- don't trash contract. the dude's skills on the field when he's actually playing. Like bad receivers. If, if you are doing that, then you're an idiot. <laughs> like look at this. Like he, dude, he has ability. Trust me. And, dude, this and look at just, the fucking hang time there, man. The hang time, the extension, like the 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 concentration to tip the ball to himself and catch it, like. He is a solid receiver, but he's and, and by the way, who's he going against right there? Their big, big hundred million dollar quarterback. Yeah, it's Byron Jones, exactly hundred million dollars. So like he or uh, something again, like that. I think it's literally. I think it's literally. Well, no, that was that Mari Cooper was five years, a hundred million. But I think it's literally a hundred million or something like that. But uh, to wrap up the receiver position again, we'll go over some of his other stuff. Uh, I have the. Um, actually, I'm, gonna bring, I'm just going to bring up one play of him just because we've been talking about him a, a little bit, and I do want to kind of back myself up in terms of. Um, him not getting uh, the ball thrown to him correctly. And this is one of the ones where he literally just wins with pure oh, speed. Yeah. There's really nothing about this. But again, is this a win in the NFL? And does he have, you know, a yard or two on McCourty um, where if he didn't have to gear down for the ball, you can see, you could clearly see him tracking the ball and have to gear down. Yeah. And Patrick ball, Mahomes is throwing this ball. Dude, touchdown. Yeah. So, so now, so now this, 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 again, I don't want to kill stats guys. Cause I think Nani is really good at it. And I think he backs up with film, which is important, but the stat humpers out there who say, Oh, well, you know, this wasn't, uh, which let, let's just go to the stat sheet. People don't say, Oh, well he drew, he drew 10 pass interference calls. This is not a play on the stat sheet, but I'm all about process versus results. The process of this play should have been a 62 yard touchdown, but the result was a pass interference that doesn't go onto his play sheet. Is that his fault? Or is that, or is that, or is that Flacco's fault? Another good job, by the way, with his with his arm right here, uh, de- defeating the 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 arm of McCourty. But you can clearly see him gear down for the ball. He's not running full speed nearly right here. Completely underthrown. G- good quarterback. This is a 62 yard uh, touchdown. So this is the stuff I'm talking about. And this was littered in his film with the Buccaneers, whether it be missed throws, missed reads, you know, whatever. So film is important. I'm, I'm going. What do you think about what do you think about his drive phase of the route right there? Uh, I did, I did, I did, I wasn't really look, looking at it. I thought, I thought it was good. I guess I, I was, I mean, he's, he, he, he's fast. Uh, I was just wondering because you know. speed. Yeah. I, that's what I said. I literally put Perryman speed on the top of that because he's a burner. He's, he's, he's a guy who's six, two, I think ish, like two, two, 10, two, 15, who easily, if you put him in a 40 yard dash, is running a low four, four, a high four, three. Like he is fast. Well, he ran a, I mean, listen, he didn't run at the combine. Pro day was a four two seven, which is the same time as rugs. And I know people run faster at their pro days. Yeah. So take it for what it's worth. So is he a four three guy, a low four three guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna come again. We're gonna do lightning round after this with some of these guys. The caller, uh, uh, Joe, I think it is. Um, but let me let me bring him on. It's gonna have to be pretty quick caller, just because it's we are we are rounding up on the, on the time we usually close out. But uh, what is up? If you can hear me. What's up, man? How's it going, man? Hey. You guys hear me? Yep, we got you. Yep, loud and hey, clear. Got me? Cool. cool. Cool, man. Yeah, I, uh, I just had a question. I know you guys are talking about offense right now, but I just want to pivot to defense because mm-hmm. obviously we're going to need a coordinator. Uh, what do you guys think of Aaron Glenn, man? I mean, he's done a really good job with the Saints. Uh, I know the, the Bungles wanted him, and the Saints blocked him to get him, and the Giants wanted him too last year, I believe, as defensive coordinator. Uh, I was just wondering, you think maybe Aaron Glenn comes back as defensive coordinator? I know he used to hmm. scout for the Jets too. So I think, you know, I think he might be a pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. good uh, addition, man, or come back actually, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so for, so for me, it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, in general, okay. He's a former player, you know, he's been in the, he's been, he's been a coach. So do you like the idea of it? Yes. But I haven't necessarily, and again, I, I'm no professional at all, but I haven't seen how he coaches. I haven't, I don't really know what his, uh, what his techniques are, what he likes to coach. Is he, is he a shuffle technique guy? Is he a, does he like press? Does he like, you know, off coverage? Does he teach like read steps? Like what does he teach? So I don't really know how he necessarily fits with the jets and what he prefers to coach. And also like a lot of people assume, and I'm not saying you in general caller, I'm I'm just saying people in general typically assume, Oh, because he's a player means he can coach playing and coaching are completely different ball games. So how good of a coach is he? I'm not sure. Yeah. Familiarity with the, with the, with the franchise, not to cut you off, man. I was saying, cause yeah, he's done actually a good job with the Saints. I understand like different techniques and whatnot, mm-hmm. but uh, like he's actually done a good job with the Saints. That's why I'm saying, I'm not saying cause, Oh, I would want like Marcus Coleman to be a coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or bring back, uh, you know, Victor green for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get your saying. Well, and, yeah, Marcus, Marcus, that he actually is, he is a coach for the, uh, he was a coach in the arena league. He's actually coached for a, 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 a high. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And for a, uh, no, no, not XFL. He's dude. Marcus Coleman's actually one of my really good friends. I actually text him all the time. It was arena league. He went to a couple different teams and now oh. he's at Trinity high school, oh, really? in Texas. Oh yeah. I do. I don't know if you've listened to this. Oh, this really? I have Marcus Coleman on the stream all the time. Not too much, man. I just got into it. I just fancy guys. <laughs> oh yeah. So again, whatever player interested in, I know you've probably heard a lot of us doing film stuff. I do a lot of the, the film breakdowns. Uh, I have a breakdown with yeah. Marcus Coleman of Perryman with, of Mims, Bryce Hall, Pierre Desir, like the DBs. It's usually me and Marcus Coleman breaking down the film. Yeah. With those guys. So if you are new to the channel, again, you can go check it out or, you know, uh, you can check it yeah, out. Yeah. He, he might have some, in, he, he might have some insight in Aaron Glenn too, man. Looking back, think about it. You I can text that? him. Yeah, do that, Joe. Definitely do that. I'll text him. And, and I'll say this: I'll, I'll say this about Aaron Glenn. I know nothing about Aaron Glenn in terms of calling a defense. He's obviously not the coordinator down there. But if you look at some of the Saints DBs, um, Lattimore, he's been up and down. He certainly had all pro. He's had like an All Pro rookie year or whatever. Uh, that safety that right. they drafted in the second round, who he fucked up on Gardner the dig. No, I'm not talking about him. I'm Williams. Williams Marcus fucked up on that on that yeah. on that Diggs touchdown, but he's turned into a great safety. Eli Apple was an yeah, outcast was good, with the Giants, came to the Saints, kind of had a resurgence of his career. So when you look at some of the ways some of those uh, Saints uh, defensive backs have been playing, sure, I mean it look, looks like they've been coached up well, but in terms of you know how much does he contribute to the overall defense? Is the defensive coordinator, which I forget his name, he's that young guy who used to be the Raiders head coach for a couple of years. You know how yeah. much does he rely uh, on him yeah, in terms sure. of putting in terms of putting together the game plan? Um, you know, guys who float in the same circles would be better a- uh, able to answer questions like that. Yeah. So, but it is interesting right, guys, though. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's what you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, All right, thanks, guys. I'll, I'll do most of you guys. You guys I are great, think, man. I think your opinion. I think your name is Glenn. Is that is that correct or no? Uh, no, Joe. Okay, it is Joe. Yeah, my the the call screening is it's it's kind of it's kind of wonky, but uh, appreciate you calling in again. I appreciate it's a different question. I appreciate that. And uh, like I said, I know you're newer, but a lot of film breakdown, a lot of talk about technique, whether it be offensive lineman, corner receiver, whatever. A lot of it's with uh, Kyle or Marcus Coleman for the DBs, the secondary guys. So check it out if you're if you're interested. That's that's a lot of what I do. And uh, Marcus is a good dude. So I'll, I'll text him about Aaron Glenn. I'll maybe on the next show I'll uh, talk about it on the next live stream. And text me when he answers All you, right, Joe, because I'm guys. curious. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Marcus the other day. He t- he actually 
Uh, it's like a high school thing, but he, he, he actually texts me first sometimes, which feels nice. <laughs> um, that is cool. On. Yeah. He's, hey. he's a good dude. I think, I think I'm going to Texas. I know I'm going to Texas for a, uh, for the jets. Like whenever the jets play the Cowboys, whenever the jets play the, it, uh, with the, uh, the Texans, I'm definitely going to meet up with Marcus and have a couple of beers. That is, that is undoubtable. He lives in the Houston area, right? Marcus. I think, I think, I think so. I forget exactly where, but, uh, I know I'll be meeting up with him. So, Let's he said he likes the Texans, the Jets and the Texans. So I think he's in the Houston area. Maybe. I think, he, I think. well, he played for the Texans too. He no, also, Texans. no, he played for the, he definitely played for the Cowboys. I know that. No, he played for the, uh, the Jets, the, the Texans and the Cowboys, I think. Yeah. Jets, he, Texans he, and the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys was his last stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I think, no, he went for the Jets to the Texans to the Cowboys. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on. We're going to do like a lightning round of the last stuff again. I usually like to keep it at three hours. We're on a hard time, but three hours. <laughs> we will go through the next show. A little bit of, of Perryman, a little bit more technique. Uh, him, Crowder, Herndon, Becton, Fant, uh, McGovern, Clark. These are all guys I had queued up. Uh, Q, who's been dominating. Fado Kasi, John Frank mm-hmm. Myers, like all that stuff we're going to talk about. I really wanted to like, talk about Q, but that's cool. We'll do it next week. Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. Or next month. Excuse me next month um and if you want the breakdowns of these guys now for q one of the stats on him which we're gonna get to this we're gonna get into the the topics of these guys we'll do it a little bit quicker uh crowder good slot receiver the the rest of the depth guys not too sure about really if they're gonna be here uh maybe barrios offensive line we'll go to the 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 main guys beckton what are your what are your thoughts on him i know we talked about him a little bit um i think he's been very very solid now there are guys like the the baldies out there who put up plays um of him uh, that I'm going to put up right now. That Highway 77. Highway. And the one thing he said last th- th- in this Dolphins game was that he made he, he something like it was his effect of he didn't make a mistake all game, which mm. is so false. Like it yeah. is so wrong. And in the video, um, he he says and I watch because I'm almost like watching it with like this like kind of disgust. Like I, I I just hate how people watch a five minute breakdown of of ten plays and think it's it's good film review. Um, and in this play, he literally says and he gets thousands of likes on it. And thousands of meanwhile, likes. meanwhile, you're not getting Nearly that ever. much. Yeah. yeah oh and, my and God. This yeah. Play, this play was yeah. and on this play. He says, Oh, well, you know, Becton, you know, clearing out the way for the running back and he's snapping heads and look how strong he is. And that's why this guy's head snaps back. Okay. Listen, I know some of the people listening might not know a lot about like cuff techniques and, and, and quarter turns and all the stuff that I talk about in drop steps and zero steps. It takes no no football expert to realize right here. Becton has his hand under his face mask. This is a legal hands to the face, so yeah. it's not a good play. It's actually a bad play because it's and it is out in the open too, so it's easier for the ref to notice. But then, it. but then people watch us and say, "Oh my god, did you see Becton snapping that guy's head back with all of his power?" And it takes you just watching the play in slow motion to realize what is Baldy watching and and, and teaching people. Or oh, the one play, it's a backside of a zone. And and Becton wants to get in front side. He wants to get positional leverage. Like he 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 should scooch technique and get front of the get in front of the four eye tech. And he and he and he actually almost drives the guy into the play. And he's like, oh my god, look at this down block. It's such a good down block. You don't down block on the backside of a zone. It's not what happens unless it's like a, you you could obviously if it's more of a, a, a tight zone, um, belly zone where the guy where the guy is going to commit to the a gap. Like yeah, then that's fine. But on the backside of a mid zone, you're not going to down block. So but you're teaching people these things, and it's just so it's so bad. It really is so bad. And and the problem with him is 
He's played in the NFL, so I know he knows better, but it's just lazy analysis to get likes. And he's got a job where he full-time is able to do this stuff. He gets the coaches film and stuff like way before everyone else like does. Like right so, after the game is over. But so overall, it's like, thoughts on, on Beckton instead of shitting on Baldy for, for <laughs> Well, I, I love Beckton. Uh, and yeah, he's got some rare traits that just uh, pretty much – very, very, very few guys in the league do, but you know, he needs some work on stuff. He needs to work on some stuff. And like you pointed out earlier, like even though he tries to throw guys a lot and sometimes it definitely does yeah. work, but sometimes when you try to throw someone and it doesn't work and you don't stay latched on in the block, mm-hmm. if your throw doesn't work, then you've created separation between yourself and the defender and then they can get off and then make a tackle or whatever. So sometimes it, it actually helps to stay sustained on the uh, staying on the block sustained on the block, but as, it is, as, it is, it is great how he really defines uh, running yes. lanes though. As, yeah. as I brought up here, if you watch the page again, all these plays I'm, I'm pulling up, I do individual game breakdowns, but plays like this, like no, no one to block gets to the second level. And you know, sometimes it's great. It makes a highlight film. He wants to throw a guy. Fantastic. But then the other times where he tries to throw a guy instead of, like you said, getting under their shoulder pads, you know, climbing that tree, driving them, maintaining contact, he, he attempts to throw guys. The guys are able to plant and look, yep. get around him to get go. in on the tackle. That's not what you want. So he has things to fix in the run game, uh, hand placement. Um, sometimes he doesn't commit fully to his block because he thinks he has enough power to kind of just commit one arm to a guy. Uh, pass threats. Like, there's things he needs to improve on. So don't let the people out there just say, oh, he's perfect and he's great right now. He is very, very good right now. I think right now he's probably a top 10 left tackle in the league. Yeah, now, sure. Can he improve on that and be a, a, the best left tackle in the league? I think so because he's a freak of nature and he's already really, really good. But don't fool yourself and say he has nothing to, to fix because it's false. Moving on. Uh, yeah, again, especially since some of the best left tackles in the league right now aren't, you know, Bakhtiari is getting up there in age. I know he's got a new, new contract, but Tyron and none Smith. None of them are freaks like that. Uh, Trent, Trent Williams. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now tight end Herndon, he has sucked. Hopefully he rounds it out. I have a couple of plays of him here. F- fumbles, drops. Um, but he did have a nice touchdown catch. Um, Fant, I think, is a guy who – Again, typical media narrative was, oh, he's absolutely terrible. He sucks. The Jets busted this signing. I came on to Blue Splits and said, I think he might actually be kind of average for the Jets. I, you know, his technique really improved throughout the year, all this stuff. And look at what Fant is now. He's, a, he's an average-ish type tackle, correct? You compare him to either one of these backups, Chuma, third-round pick, who some people were touting up his upside with his quick feet. The gap between Fant and him is very large. So yeah. is Fant average in terms of right tackles? I don't know if I could say that, but he's very serviceable. We can mm-hmm. we can leave which, it at that. Which That's I think sure. 99% of Jets fans when they initially saw the signing <coughs> they said, Oh, he's gonna be he's gonna be a bad signing. Um but the rest of the offensive line, McGovern, um, he he's been spotty the last couple of weeks. He's definitely picked it up and he's a large improvement over the guys they've had. I, I think he's been in that and that, you know, below average range this year, but I think he will improve. I think a lot of his play um, is kind of of the warts of guys next to him with Josh Andrews and, and uh, Lewis um, with, you know, Greg Van Roten out, he might struggle a little bit more, but I, I think, I think McGovern, because it's such a position that's like conducive to the play around you with guards. Um, he's not really losing a lot of one-on-ones. It's kind of assisting guys. Um, and it's also, uh, there are some things with like stunt picks up and things like that, that he's not necessarily doing as well as he did with Denver, but I think he is improving. So um, I'm fine with McGovern. He's not, he's not terrible signing, but 
he's been disappointing for sure, but I think he will round it out. Yeah. And you're, you're definitely seeing him. He's on, you know, just like Mark Schofield likes to say with quarterback development, it's not linear. It's not like a constant upswing, you know? So, but we're seeing a general trend in McGovern's play as the season goes on. In my opinion, young player in terms of snaps, you know, he hasn't played a ton. Yeah. uh, Because he sat behind, uh, the guy who Paradis, who everyone Jets mm-hmm. fan wanted to sign, and then he went down to Carolina and kind of disappointed. Sucks. Yeah, but he sat behind him for the majority of the of his tenure in Denver. Um, so yeah, he is still definitely learning, and he will never be an elite center because he's, in my opinion, he's just not strong enough. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that, but he's a great athlete, and in this type of scheme that Gase likes to run. While whether or not Gase is good at coaching it at this point in his career is a different story, but he does work well in a scheme like this. Uh, and I love I love his ability to move laterally and, and cut guys off and reach guys. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for him. Um, I want to see Clark in. I really liked Clark when he was playing um, in, in college, and I thought his film was actually pretty good, not just the Clemson stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for him. Now, moving on to the defensive line, we'll kind of do those all those guys in, in just a, a wrap up. Uh, people ask us to talk about Q. I said it before. I, I think Q is playing right now like a top five interior defensive lineman in the league. He's the run stuffs. He's taking on double teams. Last week, you saw him get off of three different blocks. I hate when people say triple team. He was not triple teamed. He got off of three different blocks um, to get the sack. Um, his hand placement. So the thing, the thing that I noticed this year is he's he's more he's more patient. Like he's he's more technical this year. Where last year it seemed like he was leaning a little bit into his hands. Um, this year, and again, I'll bring up plays the next time, but I'm noticing a lot of plays of him combining his feet with his hands like he did at Bama. Uh, maybe I want to bring up one. That, and that was something that you highlighted so much in your film breakdown of him. Yeah. Next month, we got to do at least 20 minutes of Q. Okay, I'm going to bring up one play just just because I need to. Like This okay. is the stuff that, that I'm talking about. And I'm going to do a lot of these like in the offseason to like, bring up some of these plays. Um, his technique on, on this play... And a lot of these plays is really, really good. And it's not something that people are going to notice uh, in, in the broadcast view, you know, or whatever. Like some guys might win pure power, you know, poor, uh, pure athleticism, pure whatever. But he won at Bama because of technique. And I didn't mm-hmm. see that year one. It looks like he was swimming a little bit. Now it looks like the game is really, really slowing down for him. Um, and it's fantastic. Obviously, steps up field, um, offensive line is is um they're, they're they're jump setting because they're they're selling the play action so the, the center jump sets them notices the jump set hands inside which is all good that, that's fine that's pretty generic right but then the the torque the torque from the hips right here to throw the center off of his base and and not have him balanced again relatively generic what i really love about this play is during an nfl snap where it's all with, within a you know a second two seconds the awareness of him to, to, to notice that this elbow is obviously a lot of the forces coming from this elbow in terms of containing Q on this, on this play, his left, his right arm comes up to the elbow, um, forks the elbow to eliminate that contact point. And then he steps through with his right. As he clears his hips, he steps through as he rips linking the hands and the feet. You don't want to have them disconnected. So torque to get the guy off his base, um, the, the lift of the elbow, the, the, the fork, whatever you want to call it, paired with the step through into a rip to get um, right to Fitzpatrick, all 
that quickly is really impressive. Like this is the stuff I saw at Bama and there's plenty of examples of it. That's just one example of really, really good hand placement on the elbow to, to lift it as he steps through and rip. Like I really, really like that play. I don't know what you think, Kyle. Yeah, that's a great play. And some people might be wondering right here, like, well, he's got, oh, if he goes to his left right here, he's got all this open space where he could have, you know, and obviously he's got the center leaning, you know, he could have went back in this way. Well, no, that would, you wouldn't want him to do that for various reasons. If, if uh, Fitzpatrick actually does hand this hand ball off here, yeah. he would create a huge, a huge, huge, huge running lane for the running back. So he can't do that. So it's good that he stays in this gap for the sake yeah. of the run, the running game. Mm -hmm. And then like, like you pointed out with this technique. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about him is he's, he's so good at getting nimble and skinny that uh, offensive linemen just can't seem to keep their hands on him. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I brought that up on my show too, Kyle. So good thing. Props to you to uh, recognize that. And I, 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 like I said, I talked about it. Um, the fact here, I'm gonna bring up, I'm gonna bring up one more play of him because I do get excited about about him, and we can go a little bit over. It's okay. Uh, the hold on. By the way, see that the Steelers lost. The thing, the thing. I yeah, um, yeah, whatever. I lost some money. Uh, so but that might be a good thing for the Jets, though. Because they need to compete. I don't. I don't what do you, because so? the Cle Cleveland might be playing for the division. The um. Yeah, oh yeah, true. The uh. The thing you mentioned that last thing in terms of him in the run game. I did mention that in the show. Um. And you could see him as soon as his eyes are on the backfield. As soon as he sees that mesh point and he sees a Fitzpatrick not hand the ball off. That's when he attacks the elbow. Like, awesome play from Q. Um. This play. Now I just brought it up. I didn't have it. I didn't have it queued up. So I'm not. I I, I close that thing out. But. Like, yeah, it's a stunt. It's, you know, but he's obviously the picker. I, I call him the picker. He wants to carry the center into the guard. He wants to, he wants, he wants to clog both of these guys. So um, John Flank and Myers can loop. But the thing that gets him this sack is, you know, good job crossing the face of the center club rip. The, the reason he gets this is because he literally throws what he's picking where guys will might just run into him. But the fact that he knows he's coming to this contact lowers his body attacks the midpoint of the body. You really want to attack the ribs of, uh, uh, you know, obviously the, the hips are ideal because that's your center of mass. You want to attack the center of mass. You attack mm -hmm. up high guys can absorb it with, with the power in their legs. So you want to attack where, you know, again, their, their, their true center of mass attacks, the center of mass throws them out of the way. Obviously this guy has to drop his post to pick up the, the, uh, um, the looper, but overall, because he threw the guard of the way, because he had good techniques, he knew to attack low is why he gets that sack. So, like, yeah, can you like can team. you rewind it too? Can you rewind it too? What? Uh, slow, slow, slow. Look, if I'm if I'm seeing this correctly, I don't know if I'm going blind too. Look how he he hooks the arm of yeah, the center. Yeah, yeah, it, Guy, which is which is he's using that to drag him in. Yes, to the guard. A lot of guys are taught to do that. Um, from what I know, is to rip because when you rip, you're you're literally you're you're carrying their arm. So a lot of guys throw rips on stunts. Like you'll notice that a, a lot with stunts. Well, we'll guys will throw those rips. And again, great job getting low, condensing yourself. Yeah. Look how look how condensed he is taking on that. You know, um, the uh, the right guard. And again, you know, pretty simple, but it's it's <laughs> stuff that happens so quick. And he literally throws this guy. Yeah, it's like it's almost like he's throwing a a, a down block. Yeah, right there. Exactly. Like he's an offensive lineman. So, um, and I have a lot more of that stuff again. Watch the weekly stuff. Uh, but to to go to the stats because a lot of people love the stats. Twenty pressures in the last three weeks. Uh, he had nineteen all of last year. This is all of uh, you know credit to Nania. Three sacks the last three weeks. 
Um, on the season, Williams has a combined total of 61 pressures, stops, and pass breaks, uh, break, uh, pass breakups, which ranks fourth among interior defensive linemen, uh, behind, behind only Grady Jarrett, Stephon Tewitt, and Aaron Donald. Like he is an elite company right now. He is he's doing very well. Uh, moving on, we talked about John Franklin Myers, another guy in terms of his straight line explosion, his technique. I really like the his jab steps. He he takes aggressive steps um, upfield. Guys will set. Um, shoot their hands and he has a really he's a really good knock knack for swatting their hands going to the opposite gap and if he yeah. does not win he blows guys up um with with power so what, what are your thoughts on on him so far too yeah could maybe can you pull up one of his plays if if you uh, want to yeah 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 I'll, I'll pull up one just to show his power i think it's like a power one yeah right um <laughs> it's not even like the best play like, it just, can, I just can you can you slow it down a little bit Who's, who's he going against? Forest Lamp? Is that it? Yeah, it looks like Lamp. Yeah, the dude plays with good power, and I I noticed that too about his his ability to swat uh, so, offensive linemen's hands away. Yeah, you'll usually see him either cross guys up or like he'll 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 give them a couple stabs. And once the guy shoots, he he'll double swipe and then shoot and then and then shoot whatever gap the the, the guard or the center whoever's getting thrown away from. Um, here he just plants, he, he, he double swipes, but the center is able to maintain contact with that left hand, drop his post, which is his, which is this foot. He drops it, become the kick, the kick step. And then the, the, the kick becomes the post. Um, he's able to maintain that contact. He realizes he's not going to win. So now what does he do? Okay. Well, I didn't win on my move. I'm going to turn my power into you. You can see him turn his hips into him. Now it's, mm-hmm. now it's power. Now it's not, now it's not technique. Um, and he dumps this guy right onto Herbert's lap. Like this is a, this is literally pretty much a, a you know, three-step drop throw and he's look at where he finishes he literally throws herbert or not throws herbert, and, but herbert's on the and deck. and and does pff count this as a pressure i have no who, idea who Maybe the fuck hit? knows i don't, I don't know. know there's a pressure like do you have to be within 2.75 yards to be a pressure like i don't know what do you, pressure does is. a does a does a guy does alignment have to be like maybe only half in front of you like if he's if his body's fully in front of you can it still count as a pressure i mean who, who knows yeah. By the way, I couldn't help but notice, and this is something that I wanted to bring up today, and I didn't. Zuniga was on that play. I have not been impressed by him at all. I've seen one impressive play where he bull rushed. That's about it. He's swimming right now. Um, he just he literally just tries to duck his head into guys and bull rush them every single play. So yeah. not impressed. But he just um, he looks so slow getting out of his stance. The, yeah, the rest of the front seven, Fadokasi, he's a run stuffing monster. Like that guy is strong as hell. Yes. So, um, really, really one thing, one thing about him, man, like, and, and he, he's also a savage, like running laterally down <laughs> the line of word. scrimmage I Love that word. and, and like, if a running back is like, kind of like has to plan his feet because the holes kind of clogged up. If Fadu Kassi's coming, Dude. he's going to smash into him. The power for him to anchor down versus combo block right here and barely get moved and flowers is a big ridiculous. dude man flowers this, is a really big dude so this are plays like people don't appreciate like the 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 the, the fact that he he well he dents the the post but he doesn't really know it's the post he, he just comes off the ball with, with good tight elbows um he sees this guy coming and what does he do what you're exactly what you're supposed to do you want to turn you want to turn your shoulder into him because you don't want him to get in front of your in front of your center of mass you want to turn into him so they don't have a good contact point you want to widen to work off that instep what does he do? And you obviously want to drop your hips. Turns, drops his hips. The power he has in this left foot right here is ridiculous to hold up on that combo. And then oh not only that, he keeps his eyes up. 
pulls the guy or jerks him, whatever you want to call it, right into the tackle. That is re- like he is awesome. I like Fadakasi so much in a run stuffing sense. So um, yeah, hopefully the Jets, you know, they didn't give Damon Harrison the contract extension. Hopefully they don't make the same mistake with this guy because you don't have to break the bank to to pay a, a, a run stuffer like that. This one was isn't as, as impressive. I remember this play too. Zero tech, good recognition, takes on the wham block, stands him up, tackle. Like he's he's good. But continuing on, um, let's go to the linebackers overall. Um, I'm gonna bring up some stuff of them. Well, not really, but Huff. He's 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 played pretty well in a in a limited role. He's a decent pass rusher. He had a really good run stuff uh, last week against the Dolphins. But for an undrafted guy, I'm happy with him. Langy, he's not a start starter. He plays his hair on fire, but he's not a star. Yes. He's, he's, he's not. He's not good in coverage. Basham is a good rotational piece. Um, from the safeties, is Langy good on special teams? Because I feel like yeah. he's got he's yeah. got special teams player written all over him. Yeah, I know the one. I, I um, yeah, yeah, he is a special teams guy. Uh, I think he led the team in tackles and special teams last year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, the one thing I did want to show with uh, now Ashton Davis. What are your thoughts on him? Because I know you've been relatively impressed. He he's impressed me a lot more in areas that I didn't think he would excel in. Uh, so w- in terms of like physicality and run support and things like that, that's where I've been impressed. But in terms of like his, his coverage ability, uh, now, range he, rec- recognition. Um, now, before you, you know, say this, I, I so uh, this is this is a play again. People will speak. Okay, Bad I already play. know what you're thinking. He gave up a touchdown. Okay, but he did a really good job staying square. He stays over the route. He shoots both hands. Gasecki does a good job of like wiping them away and being prepared for them. But again, good technique in terms of staying square, shooting with proper timing. What happens? It takes a little bit of film, just watching some film. You don't have to be an expert. What happens? He, tr- he tries to get in trail. He steps on his heel. So he trips. Okay, that hmm. happens. Now what does he do? A lot of DBs panic. They look back to the quarterback. What, is, what does Davis do? Keeps his eyes on the, the tight end. Good closing speed, gets his gets his um his arm on to wrap, and then he shoots right through the hands. Kaseki does a great job of high pointing and turning it out. Yeah, but this is extra. This is, and you're asking a lot from a player. A, uh, but this rookie is a good. Right here. Pl- it's a good play. That's a good play by Davis. I don't care that he got beat by a touchdown for a touchdown. Yeah, process versus results. Why don't if we're going to talk about him? Why don't you pull up that play from the Chiefs game that we were talking about? Oh, hold on. The one, the one thing I do want to, another play I do want to bring up too of him. Again, I, I didn't want to get into this stuff, but some of the, like the power he has and the physicality in the run game is what I like too. Um, he has a lot to learn, like like technically, like things he has to learn. But like plays like this, like I like his mindset right here. He yes. he, he, he literally takes on a puller. Or sorry, he takes, plays he with such good block. pad level, man. The pad level, he, and obviously he's squeezing the run, but he squeezes the run so well and drops his hips in this guy. He flips the fullback over his back and takes out the running back at the same time. Yeah, great play, man. So the physicality stuff, man coverage, staying square, that stuff is all positive. Now, when you when you talk about leveraging routes, reading route concepts, staring back at the quarterback, those are things he has to learn. Um, for sure, effort, he has it. But, and, uh, and, and that comes in time. That will get better. It can't get worse. I don't know if this is the play you're talking about. Uh, the one with uh, you said they were capping Kelsey on the play. Ugh. 
Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have that queued up, but let me. Oh, it's fine. Talk it, it's fine if you want. No, yeah, we're, we're gonna go into Ashton Davis film in the future, but I, I had I, my notes up about it too, but then when my computer crashed, that shit went away. I said, uh, uh I, I think he's gonna be a, a solid safety in the future, but he has a lot to learn in terms of like the tech, like the technical aspects of like reading guys and and like and his problem at Cal is a lot of his plays were they looked great on film, um, in terms of like guys who are not you know really watching it to know what they're watching is okay yeah he, he made a great he, he broke on this route great but my problem with some of his plays was okay he broke on that route he was staring at the quarterback the entire time and the only reason he got to that route because the quarterback was late or the, or the quarterback had a bad throw where i want to see him properly leverage himself you know expect breaks things like that read read the, the quarterback's drops like there's a ton of things he wasn't doing um moving on may i think he's a decent safety um you know he had a good punch out the the game in the charters game but you know the the two missed tackles for for touchdowns or you know with waller and then in the chiefs game were bad the chiefs game he almost got beat too um or no it was it was waller and it was a Chargers game i think was a touchdown whatever yeah Char- Chargers game mike williams caught a like a deep over Bills or something being, like that. He got beat. Uh, the Chiefs game, he got he got beat deep. Um, I think he's decent, but I think people overrate him a, a little bit. And this game, he played pretty poorly too, in terms of two blown plays. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's move on just to the corners really, really quick, Kyle. Because you say average, I think he's a little bit above average in terms of free safeties. Slightly above, above average, sure. Is he is he a guy who's really good? I don't I don't think so. I, I think he's more lapses than people think he does. Um, but moving on to the corners, because I think my, my fiance is going to punch me right in the face. As soon as I walk out of this room, it's been a while. Um, well, I don't want that to happen. No, it's okay. She, she'll, she'll live. Um, Hall don't say that. again, Parker, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, all these guys he's playing. The difference with him is he's staying square. He's getting his hands on. He's playing with good techniques. Could he fix up some things, you know, staying square for a little bit longer, getting a shuffle in, but like slingshot technique, like he is playing really well, but he's getting, he's getting beat by um, some of these better receivers. So Joe, what you're telling me is that you've seen more from hall and these couple of games oh, going dude. against these good receivers. than you saw of any bless Austin over the many games that he's played by far, by okay. far. Why? Who? Who? No, I'm just I, I'm just fucking with you, man. Because uh, oh, because okay. a lot of people, a lot of people thought a little bit too highly of Les Austin. Oh well, no, um, like everybody did. Oh my God, he's gonna be our number two corner. He he had a couple of good games versus really bad quarterbacks. Like no, he, like I want I showed this play to Marcus when we were doing. He had a couple. Streams. He had a couple of seventy-seven PFF grades, dude. He and he and people are like, oh, he's a great tackler. He misses a ton of tackles, <laughs> ton of yeah. tackles, and his technique is terrible like this uh, i'm not gonna get into it if, if you watch the last stream with me and marcus this is the this is such bad technique on third and three you have no idea like the fact that he reads the quarterback and then reads the 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 receiver lets the receiver get into his blind spot while staring at the quarterback the entire time and lets the break happen and look at all the dead time at the top of that route it's not like it's yeah, a good what route are you doing, bro what are you doing third and three. i'm just i'm just glad he was playing in that game dude um, so yeah, Austin's not good. I think Austin is competing for a job next year. Um, to be completely honest, I don't like Austin at all. Um, but Hall has been much better than him. Hall, his first couple starts again, playing those guys, staying square, all the catches that are on him again, go back to the shows and watch it. There's all, they're all, they're all pinned contested catches, things like that. Uh, where guys like Desir and Tremaine Johnson and, and all these guys are, are getting beat by 10 freaking yards. So Hall impressed. And, and now he's, and now he's got to go against Metcalf. Talk about baptism by fire, man. 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. But again, he's like, there's plays where he's literally like, he's staying square, getting, getting a shuffle and Parker will push off of him. He's using a slingshot technique to get back inside playing the ball perfectly. But Parker made a really good contested catch. Like it's a good play for guys in his second start, like, or his third start or whatever. So really impressed with Hall. So far overall too, for Gadry and Jackson being undrafted guys, I think they could be they could, they're competing for depth spots next year. Now, if your expectations for Giedry or Jackson to be starters, no. But overall, um, impressed with them. Uh, other than that, I, I think that's it. Uh, it. This has been a very long show. Anything else you want to bring up really quickly? Next show we're gonna do maybe maybe we'll do like a we'll do maybe another live stream like in two weeks to to talk just film or something. Maybe we'll work something out. Me and you. Yeah. Okay. We'll work something sure. out. We got to get to that rest of that film. Okay. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that uh, at some point we should probably do at least like 20-something minutes of Quinn and Williams' film. You're talking about the third overall pick and, you know, I guess what I said. And, um, you know, a lot of people are already saying he's elite and stuff. And I'm certainly very happy with him. So I think that would definitely be something that we need to do. I'm curious to see a lot of the – you're watching the Hall film a lot closer than I am. So, yeah, you know, we, that would be fun to do something like that. Adam Gase, I don't think he, I don't I don't think he's trolling. I should consider being a coach, starting or like local high school position coach in college, and eventually no. Uh, well, that's listen. I'm I'm pretty secure in my job. I, I like football as a as a hobby, <laughs> you know, to get some extra uh, stuff on the side and stuff like that. But that's 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 a whole different ball game. The thing about football, man, is your first couple years, like when you're a coach, you're a pawn, and you're, you're making no money, and I'm about to buy a house. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, maybe start to have, maybe think about having a kid who the, I, that's, that's your personal business, but yeah, it's not easy to being a football coach your first couple of years. So, yeah. Um, again, I appreciate it for tuning in uh, to the live stream. A couple of people dropped off. This has been a three hour and 30 minute podcast or, or so a lot of the film we're talking is what I do all the time. So instead of again you're you're more than welcome to listen to the michael k's and stuff out there and the mike francesca's or whoever you listen to but these guys couldn't tell you what cover two is like they they have no idea what they're talking about so if you want to edge out 20 minutes of your time and say you know what, i'm really interested in in only becton mims and hall our friend demonic uh tweets uh um timestamps. He ta- he, yeah, sorry, I was, I was reading. Uh, he timestamps everything. So you can go and say, okay, I'm only interested in Hall. Watch 10 minutes of Hall. Watch 10 minutes of Beckton. Watch 10 minutes of Quinn and Williams. You don't have to watch right. Do talk about Darnold or, or Perryman. That's fine. Not um, to mention, um, YouTube videos have transcripts. If you open up the transcript, you could just control F and then search for the player's name. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and if, and if you're interested, okay, well, I don't believe him about Andrew Thomas, go watch it. And if you disagree with one of the plays, you know, tell me the timestamp and we could talk about it. That's, that's fine. Uh, somebody says, uh, love your show. Have to watch it from the beginning just at the gym. Okay. I appreciate that. Uh, Carmelo, uh, Brad, it's three hour. Uh, somebody said Baldy sucks. Adam Gase is not trolling. He's saying, uh, Logan Kraft says, does he look in the ch- at the chat? I haven't seen any, I haven't seen anything in the chat that I, that's really, um wait what, what was the question somebody says does he look in the chat i'm also referring to me i thought i went over some of the stuff uh, joe definitely read a lot of stuff from the chat i mean <laughs> it, it go it goes fast so you probably missed something what's but... yeah like the last thing i've seen was a question was like what's your evaluation on bryce hall we just talked about it um, I, i'm not looking in the chat i can assure you of that yeah but other than that i appreciate everybody matt loviano says like the stream yeah like the stream i appreciate everybody for listening Watch the film stuff. Watch the whole two hours. Watch the three hours. And we talk about, again, elbows and drop steps, like zero step, like just a zero step. 
how many people in the chat, there's 60 in there who can tell me what a zero step is. Like th this is stuff that people don't talk about, but you should know if you're, if you're going to be, have such strong opinions about football, then know what you're talking about. Like, again, a lot of, a lot of Michael K. Does he know what cover two is, <laughs> you know, does like what? So, uh, Hey, he does good interviews and he's got a nice voice for the Yankees. What are you doing with your ring there? Oh, I don't know. I'm just uh, fidgeting. Oh, okay. Uh, Kyle, any last words? And again, we'll, maybe we'll work something out. I'll tweet it out and we'll do a live stream of, uh, of just like some film breakdown, a little bit of a change up, but next, next, uh, next live stream one month away, we will know if the jets are the number one pick Adam Gase will most likely be fired. So be very, very interesting. Uh, but Kyle, what's your last words? Head coaching rumors and stuff. Uh, only last words is that uh, those that took so much time out of their day, I know time is so valuable to watch all of this. Huge thank you to, to you for that. That's Adam Gase, a zero step is not a sidestep. <laughs> but that Adam Gase should know that. Moving on. Um, again, yeah, I appreciate everybody for listening. Check out the other shows that I do. Uh, follow Kyle at, what are you at? Tank, tank for Trevor now? Tank King, the number four, Trevor. Okay. Well, follow him there. He might have jinxed us. Uh, root for the Jets to lose. We want to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's better for the future. I appreciate everybody for listening. And uh, we'll be back with Kyle in a, a week or two. I'll be back in two, three days with my uh, film breakdown of the uh, game against the Raiders. And that's about it. Thank you.